0: I didn't pull the script out. Ouch. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Welcome to postseason week two. Um, your host, Ray, or Cloud Jester on all things, joining me today is Ken, our analyst. You can see him uh, on what what is it? Instagram. I didn't pull up my notes. Instagram uh, <laughs> Ken against the clock. Yeah. X is Baba Yaga. The Baba Yaga, yeah. The Baba Yaga. Sorry, man. I i i, I had okay. a i had a late night last night. Poor guy. He's, I, you know what?
1: Ray's still suffering over here. <laughs> all you you fantasy football theorists <laughs> out there. Yeah, Ray is still Ray's still suffering. So, he's gonna lead us off and he, and get he, out some of his pain. Right.
0: Yeah, now. we're gonna go straight into what's up. What a busy, busy. It was a great game. That was the best game of the weekend. It like, it might have been the best game so far um last night was really good Is was it last night was really good you didn't watch last night and that's part of what you're saying about the pain and yeah, stuff I, I i i uh, i'm still mourning i I've, I've you know watched highlights and stuff like that but i haven't like sat down and watched a game from start to finish because of my morning uh bezzy um are you on discord bezzy maybe we'll get bezzy in here today and he can just speak speak to us oh yeah that'd be great via the internet He's up, um, he's up there right now he's up there right Good morning, now buddy. He said hi. um
1: or uh, after, oh yeah, it's still morning over there
0: yeah, this is still <laughs> morning. He still has his Texans in there uh, all Texas Super Bowl, I guess his will won't be done. Yeah, well, I will not... won't be done. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that clip got over like 30K views, too. That's what's funny about that. It's still getting likes and people are like, nope, not this year. Nope, not this year. Yeah. But
1: oh, people, <clears throat> lo- that people love it's. You know what? Real, real quick before you, you really dive in. people. It's funny how people love to hate on the Cowboys, right? And they <laughs> love to like tear them down when they fail. And then the Packers fail the next week and people are so quick to use the Cowboys as uh, a, a marker for why the pack, like the beating the Cowboys was a marker for why the Packers had such a great season, even though they failed just six days later. Yeah. And it's like, you can't have it both ways. Either the Cowboys suck and they're terrible and beating them means nothing. <laughs> Or they're a really good football team that you just enjoy watching fail and beating them actually was worth something because they are a good football team. So you can't like you got to have it's one it's one or the other,
0: you know, I I have some questions and maybe uh, we will go into it, I guess, into your segment. But (coughs) today we're going to, you know, we have a little bit more time on our hands because we're not going through every single game, but we still have stuff to talk about. We can oh, still yeah. talk to you guys about a lot of stuff, and um, yeah, there's important stuff for today for sure. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, we'll go ahead and instead of doing a Homer minute, we're going to do a Homer segment, right? Uh, hopefully, that'll lead into state the, of the franchise, state of the franchise, leading into the next season. Um, and my thoughts on the Rams game. I'm watching it and I could tell the refs are going to just let them play as they say, you know? And, um, I, I questioned a few things. One, does Stafford throw for PIs sometimes, you know, like I'm wondering and quarterbacks must at some point do that on purpose. I think they do.
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you actually asked that question and I'll bring it back up later. Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: Yes, I do. So, so, and, 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 so there were some be- some better decisions that are going to be made there. We we jokingly talked about it, but it was still a concern. About it happened. The- it actually. It absolutely happened. I wish like people could see our group text
1: <clears throat> because mm. we we talked about and we talked about on the show, and then we talked about it while it was happening. The timeouts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah we're going. Yeah. The yeah. timeouts. Yeah. You need it. So the we expected Sean McVay to waste a couple of timeouts, and he and he did. And they only they literally only needed one more. <laughs> and, and the other side was, what is Dan Campbell going to make that mental mistake? Yeah. And he didn't like, they actually, it was a next level move that Dan, like calling the pass play mm-hmm. on second down, not third down. And it was, it was, it was fantastic. Like, yeah. Sorry. Like, I'm, you know, no, 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 you're, you guys, you're, that, you're... That, like, it, that was, it might've been the best game so far, the
0: playoffs. And it was by far the best game of the weekend last weekend. And and I was and I was thinking about just how hard they were they were playing right there. There was a lot of late hits that weren't called. Um, you, you had you had when uh, Stafford was eyes were rolling in the back of his head. Yeah, you had Nakua basically on a he did a like a reverse scorpion. I I don't know if there's a term for it, but basically a scorpion is when your legs come up mm-hmm. behind you. Well, he was curled in on himself, and he ended up getting hit. Um, and uh, Bezia, I'm gonna try to plug you in. You know, there's when, been a lot of when that going you're on going in, through in your segments
1: in every game so far in the playoffs. I think that, like, I don't know what's going on, but the officiating crews seem to have very poor control over the. Uh, like the flow of the game like mm-hmm. I, I remember it used to be like especially like the uh, the elder statesman referees had just a really good command of the game like if players were starting to get a little chippy a little out of control they just start calling penalties like
0: you're gonna calm down <laughs> and then you had the tyler higby one where they busted his acl but that wasn't an illegal so ta- hit and that's the second
1: that's that so first of all that guy it's not an illegal hit yet not yet, yet. Not and yet. I I, and I've been on it for years. Yeah. I'm so tired of this. Like I, I, have reached out to people in the sports world, you know, trying to get somebody to bite on this idea for years that the NFL needs to have a strike zone. There needs to be a hitting strike zone, much like there's a strike zone in baseball, you know, um, where you just don't, you don't don't hit people. You know, like, may, like they need to go back to tackling actual tackling. I'm so like, and it's like, it's not even just like cornerbacks and smaller safeties and stuff anymore that are doing it. Like you're seeing like edge players and and linebackers that aren't tackling anymore. that are just throwing their bodies at guys. Yeah. And it's like, it's just uh, a guy got hurt last night um, because he just threw himself at, at the defender and like put his head down. And this is a nine year veteran that doesn't know how to tackle. Like he doesn't tackle, and he, and so um, they're hurting themselves. They're hurting other people. It's the that guy, that Lions player um, who who made the play, gets up flexing like he's tough. I hate that. I hate that. You suck. Like you're not tough. You're not tough at all. A tough guy would have tackled him. Like take. You know what? Like spend six six weeks learning how to wrestle, and then go tackle. Yeah, then actually be tough. You're not tough, dude. You're popcorn tough. Like you, like you, you work out in the weight room, you run, and then you just like throw your your body at people. You're not tough. That's not tough. And that's the that's the second tight end he's hurt in like four weeks because he's also the guy that injured Hawkinson.
2: Hmm. Okay. And like
1: and so and this like this hit needs to stop. It needs to go away. Like players need to go back to tackling like if we're not going to tackle guys anymore, if we're literally not going to tackle guys anymore, give them flags. <laughs> Cuz <'Cause> I'm t- <laughs> I'm t- contact t- flag football. Like it, it's insane and I like and I and I thought like if if I were a tight end, you know, or somebody that was that running like running those types of routes, like you have that's that's part of it now is you have to like you have to be concerned, you have to be aware of where somebody might be running in to hit you from. It's not just beating the guy that's covering you. You also have to be like, because if you're like the best ability is availability, right? And the most important thing out there is probably, you know, anymore not getting injured. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's guys are just, you know, falling down left and right. It's, it's insane. Like, it's just, I don't even know what they're doing out there anymore. It's it's guys are just flying all over the place. It's not like it
0: doesn't. So so much of it doesn't feel like football anymore. So sorry. I, you know, I was thinking about it, and so I'm watching all these like the the excessive hitting that's going on out there, and uh, we talked a little bit more about like finesse versus power, and when the refs are gonna just let them do those things, then I, we now see the power is gonna win out. Like there's the finesse is not. And, and I was wondering about this a little bit and it, it probably wouldn't happen, but I think that player safety penalties should be like reviewed a booth. The booth does other reviews that they step in. Hey, we're doing a booth review. When a player safety penalty is out there, player safety penalties. Yes, yeah, they should identify some penalties that are for, that are for
1: player safety. Yeah, yeah.
0: and and if they really want to, if NFL really wanted to protect the players, they could go, hey, there's a late hit on this player, you're gonna have to give them a penalty, and and that way we're doing more than just finding players out there, like mm-hmm. they're they're learning, hey, wait, we we might not get away with it if this ref doesn't see and it. It doesn't seem like the when you
1: see the fines, you know. Yeah, they're basically it, it. It doesn't seem to me like they've scaled with player salaries. Not only
0: that, but as a viewer, that doesn't fucking matter to you.
1: No, you know it does because you know it doesn't mean much to them. It doesn't it mean just, anything to the game it, it, that yeah, you're watching. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I, I agree. It hasn't. The game's only gotten more um, reckless and violent over the last 25 years during a time when the NFL's collected more in, in player fines than they ever have, you know, in the, the previous, yeah, there you go. Years. Yep. So, um, like you, it's
0: obvious, it obviously doesn't work. It's not a deterrent. And, and I don't think you would have to do it like all the time, but if you did two or three a game, well, I it would, would settle down all those or, late hits. Or maybe
1: if you just actually suspended these players instead of finding them you're yeah, just you're just going to get suspended right
0: but in that i mean in that sense then, then it doesn't lose, impact the game still unless it, well it, it's it done does in, they, in they the move, moment cuz
1: they lose game checks
0: and no that, but what i'm saying is like you have to do something that's going to help influence the game a little bit well i well, here's my so point it, like here's it my change point change the field, when real you time. have when you
1: have uh, the proper punishment set in place you affect the behavior of of the players. So like right now, right now we can't do anything about that. And like, if there's a hit in the game while the game is happening, the only thing that, the only thing that does anything about that, that's going to like slow things down is like, that player getting ejected from the game and every other player knowing now that that player is going to miss X amount of games and it's going to cost him X amount of money and it's going to cost their team in a particular way. Right.
0: It, but in that scenario, and also another thing is like hold on before we move off that one, but but in that scenario, you still have to have the ref call it. Agreed. And, 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 and I agree
1: that in that scenario, that should be reviewable like something like that, something like that should reviewable. It should be reviewable. It should make people take pause. It should call. It should stop the flow of Mm -hmm. the game. Things like that should stop the flow of the game. Like it's frustrating to have like holding penalties and false start penalties and offside penalties and pass interference penalties and, you know, illegal contact penalties and all these other stupid little procedural penalties and stuff like that. Slow down the game, especially like really like, like the ticky tack stuff. But when a player gets hurt, you know, that should stop the flow of the game. And it should be properly dealt with. Yes. We should okay. be able to, like, just because a penalty wasn't called on the play doesn't mean that the the referee shouldn't pick the guy up who's now down on one knee, you know, mm-hmm. in remorse uh, and get him off the field. Yeah. And, but you're, you're going to lead into something else. Oh, I was going to just penalties, like the way you can do, what you could possibly do. The things that hurt the most, the things that hurt the most are when players miss games, that hurts. Um, like it, that, that always hurts uh, when you're down a body. Um, and it hurts more than the money. And then also if you're going to suspend players, like you're actually going to affect their, their pocket, you know, yeah. in, in a major way. Um, so let's not. Like, forget the fines. Forget the stupid little like trying to figure out fifty different levels of fines and stuff like that. Just make them miss games. Just do like, just do like how baseball does. You you violate this rule. This rule comes with a penalty of so many games. Your paycheck is you know broken down into games, and then that so that'll determine you know, like how how meaningful the penalty is because it'll it'll and it'll be equal for each player because a player who gets penalized like fifty thousand dollars who makes fifteen million dollars a year. It doesn't hurt him as much as the guy who gets yeah. penalized $50,000 who makes $550,000 a year working on a rookie deal. Yeah, it scales. So, yes, exactly. It should scale. And the, and the way yeah. to do that is to suspend them, not by like defining fines. And then also, the to hurt the team, draft picks. Take the draft picks away.
0: <laughs> well, that one's a little further out.
2: Uh, Control your but, team. But yeah, it's
1: it, like, what are you talking about? I, it's To me, that's, it's the absolutely not further out because you go to the end of the game and you want to act like the team gets, uh, let's say a, a guy has like three of these personal foul penalties, right? Uh, before he gets like mm. some, or he and like, let's say two of them, he didn't get caught. And then the third one, he gets kicked out of the game because finally the rest are like, hey, let's watch that guy. Okay are they not going to ask the coach what happened? They're going to ask him. Yeah. And the coach is. what's he going to say? He's going to say, you know what? I got to do a better job taking care of my guys. What does that actually mean? Is it, is it just lip play? Is it just words penalize him too? And then you go to the GM, you go to the, like they asked Jerry Jones, they're going to talk to Jerry Jones after every goddamn game. And they're going to ask him everything. And he's going to say, it starts with me. (laughs) And you know
0: what? If it really does take your draft picks away. So that being said, <clears throat> that's how I feel about the player safety stuff. Uh, the future of the franchise looks great. I think a Stafford could probably give us another year or two. <clears throat> we, we joke about
1: guys getting hurt all the time. Like we want this guy to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's our yeah. Fantasy team. We really don't want guys to get hurt. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I probably make that joke the most. We do, we do make that joke. <laughs> Fuck that guy, break his leg, something yeah, yeah. like that.
1: You know, we don't really mean that. We don't want guys to get hurt, and we certainly don't want the game in a in a in a space
0: where guys are just getting hurt all the time. It needs to change. So, with, I think um, if as long as McVeigh learns from this a little bit and figures out <laughs> that he needs to have a have a red zone offense so um it <laughs> will be all right you know we left 12 points on the board here's my advice to three Phil goals or whatever to sean mcveigh uh go listen
1: to the around the nfl podcast and specifically greg rosenthal his like if he was he said he, he has mm. said this countless times and i love greg he's he's like one of the best like football analyst minds that we have if you have never listened to him he's a really really smart guy um uh i'm sorry uh Never call a timeout because you're going to take a delay a game penalty. Just take the five yards every single time. There is never like five yards is never worth a timeout.
0: Never. Yeah.
1: You have to think about it that way. Like you're going to save yourself five yards. There's no way that's worth a timeout. I'll give you five yards. Keep my timeout. Every time. Yeah. Never call a timeout because you're about to take a delay a game penalty. That is stupid. Like maybe in the first half, maybe in the first half, never in the second half. That is the stupidest thing.
0: No, I agree. I, I think and it I, is silly. And if he, they hadn't done
1: that, especially
0: in a close game,
1: well, if they hadn't done what <laughs> I just said, they would have had the one timeout that he needed in his pocket to get the ball back. And all they needed was a field goal.
0: And it, and they it, they blew two of those timeouts. One of them they got the first down conversion. Mm-hmm. The other one they didn't. Yes, one and that's a the challenge. problem. It, it was, was a challenge.
1: It was a ch- right. It was two challenges. No, well, no, no, it was a challenge, and it was a like he he's prevented a delay
0: of game. Was it a challenge? I thought the challenge was the first half. I thought I, I
1: think I, I thought he used two, both of his challenges. I'm pretty sure he used the challenge in the second half too, and they didn't get it. And it was like a ball spot. Like I, I could be wrong about that. Um, that happened a couple of times so far in the playoffs, um, which I always think is just like a risky proposition, like challenging the the referee spot of the ball. Um, but uh, the the second one, I'm pretty sure was him preventing a delay them. And I don't even think it was uh, Sean. Or, excuse me. I don't even think it was Stafford that called the timeout. I think it was McVeigh that called the timeout from the sideline to prevent the delay game. Mm. So
0: I'll so uh, do that. So if we figure out that red zone offense thing, we're gonna be, I think, sitting pretty good. So um Yeah. I think you guys just need
1: a healthier Cooper Cup and um you know, Puka to go through the offseason program. Um and have and just like being like he probably didn't get nearly the amount of work in the spring with Stafford last year that he will this year.
0: Well, let's Hope for the best. Uh, all right, so There's I'm questions. going to be figuring this thing out on Discord while you uh, go ahead and go over your your Homer segment. Okay. Uh, uh yeah. Um,
1: another 12 win season in Dallas with uh, you know a disappointing finish. Good. Um. Oh, there you
0: are. Did you hear him? You just yeah. Got to I got. did a little up.
1: bit. What's up, dude? Um, it was uh it was ugly. It was really 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 ugly. Um, do, and, do
3: you um, hear
2: me?
1: Yes, yeah, we do. we can hear you. One, one thing I was going to say um, to branch off of your homer minute was um, about the uh, quarterbacks throwing the ball into pass interference. Um,
3: okay, I don't hear y'all, but I, I don't know. Okay, just <laughs> okay. give me a second. I'll,
0: I'll figure it out.
1: We can hear you. You're there. You're definitely there. Um, so I thought the first interception that Dak threw in the game was a uh, decision he made because he thought he was going to get a penalty call, because Alexander definitely held Brandon Cooks on that play, and I think that that's why Dak threw the ball to him. Because if you look, like right behind Cooks is uh, Ferguson running on a corner route and is open, but it's a more dangerous throw. So I thought Dak was actually take trying to take a uh, a safer play and just take the five yards and get the penalty. You know. And was just like, and they didn't get the call. Um, the second interception he threw was horrible. That was just, I, I think he was, he, he was definitely trying to force the ball to CD lamb, who I'm, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he was sick. I don't know if he was uh, hung over, but there was definitely something wrong with him. Um, like you could, he just, he was just off. Like he missed, uh, he dropped a ball, got credited for a drop when a ball went right through his hands and it seemed like his like his coordination was just a little slow, and then uh, he was running in motion um, early early in the second quarter, before Dak threw that pick and like bumped into a guy. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, I was, and I and I asked I looked at Brian I was like is he drunk? And um, so I don't know what was going on there, but they just like nerves or whatever they weren't they were not ready to play, they were not ready to play. Um, and they played their their worst game of the season like it, that was worse than the the 49ers game for sure because at least in the 49ers game <clears throat> they stopped Christian McCaffrey like <laughs> <laughs> Brock Purdy played an excellent game in that from my perspective that that night like he was just in he was at the the height of what Brock Purdy can do that night, the way he was beating, like he was throwing the ball into windows to guys that weren't even there yet. And just like, yeah, it was anyway. Um but he did not hit, and Brock Purdy did not do that last night, and he did not do that against the Ravens. And so 49ers fans like probably a little concerned, but that's an aside. Um anyway, uh game went horribly um from my perspective. Um, I don't have a problem with the Cowboys keeping Mike McCarthy. It's not the first, it's um, not the first time. Didn't they already announce they were going to? Uh, They did, but, and they also announced they're not going to extend his deal. And he's in the last year of his deal. Gotcha. And this is, uh, I think the third consecutive time that Jerry Jones has done that to his head coach. It doesn't happen in the NFL. It does not happen. But it's, I think pretty sure Jason Garrett um, played out or worked out the last year of his deal on his last two contracts. Like he, um, when the 2019 season finished uh, Jason Garrett's contract expired and he was still in the building when the Cowboys were like doing a coaching search, he was still there in the, <laughs> in, in the building. But, um, and then before that he had made the playoffs, the Cowboys um, at the e- end of the 2014 season, they had gone like eight, no on the road, like Des caught it, you know, in in that playoff game. And if like the, if the, Things just hadn't gone against them. They'd have been in their championship game, and so Jerry re-upped him and, get, and gave him another deal, and then he worked out that deal, and then he was done. Um, actually, I, th- I take that back. I think he might have gotten like a three-year deal, four-year deal, and then after the 2016 season, got another extension. Um, so maybe, it, maybe it's not three consecutive times, but three out of four. But, yeah, um, you know, because Jerry's looking for results and he's trying to, you know, he doesn't want pe- he doesn't want people to be comfortable right now. He, <laughs> wants, he
0: wants you working your hardest. Even even oh. if I know that Bill Belichick got thrown out there for a little bit for Cowboys fans and stuff like that to become the next. I would coach. have been happy with that. Would you have been? Yeah. So, so you're not sold on you're not you're not sold on the idea that it was Brady that was getting him those rings, not
2: Bill. I,
1: I I think it's a collective. I I don't think you can have one. I th- I think you have to have both. Like you have to have a quarterback <clears throat> who can have command of his offense to the point where you don't really need an offensive coordinator because your your quarterback is going to educate whatever guy you have calling the plays anyway. He's gonna like. They're they're gonna work together. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure, at some point, like there was no offensive coordinator telling Tom Brady what to do. Like he technically probably had you know authority over him, and maybe you know if he if that guy could um, express uh, his point of view to Bill Belichick he would be able to to win an argument. But I imagine things probably went Brady's way ninety nine percent of the time, if that makes sense. And <clears> also, <throat> also with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And they talked about that even on their broadcast last night when they were talking about the offense and 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 Troy Aikman, not Troy Aikman, um sorry, um who was it that was talking last night? Um I forget. Anyway, um the guy that was talking last night was like sometimes you have these uh, you know, um high profile quarterbacks that uh, don't allow necessarily for an offense to evolve the way that it should, because you have to adhere to, you know, some of their wants and needs and stuff like that because they're stars. And so the, and they were talking about how the offense has, you know, evolved in green Bay since Aaron Rodgers moved on. Um, anyway, and that's, you know, that's, that's a theory. It's not, there's no, there's no fact there, but anyway, what I think would happen is, um, the Cowboys wouldn't be the most penalized team in the NFL anymore. That's a big thing. Mm. Um, I think Mike McCarthy is like a B plus coach. Um, I think he gets out coached, like he does. He just he get, like in these these big spots he gets out coached. And here's and here but here's the thing is like the head coach gets all basically all the credit and all the blame but the head coaches in the NFL are organizers. It's like Mike McCarthy is one of the rare guys that's involved in like calling plays and stuff like that, but a lot of them like um a lot of them are organizers. They're not
0: like calling plays. Um let's let's draw a line in the sand. And I kind of wish Brian was here to help with this, but Bezzy, you can you can jump in on this too. Um what what is? Where is? To a fan, what is a successful season?
1: Oh boy, that changes with every franchise.
0: Okay, sure. And and we've talked about that. We've talked about that. But if I were to say, you know, this is a successful season, I at minimum. Would say playoffs. you have to make the divisional round playoffs. I
1: would. I only. I don't think so. I. Because like. See, and that's I, where I'm saying. Like the that's where we I, 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 I think it changes with every franchise. But I think
3: it depends if on you, the expectations of that season.
1: Yeah. It, well, I, I. I wouldn't even say for that season because, like, let's say <coughs> to a Lions fan at the start of this season, to a Lions fan, you told them they were going to make the playoffs for the next three years in a row hundred percent of them would have signed up.
2: You're not gonna mm-hmm. tell
1: don't tell them what happens in the playoffs. We're not gonna tell you we're not, we don't tell you how far you go, we're gonna tell you how bad the, the losses are or how great the victories are. We're just gonna tell you that you're gonna make the playoffs for the next three years in a row. I think that 75% of fan bases would sign up for that. Okay, like, so that's the, the, where the Cowboys are at. The mm-hmm. Cowboys yep. are at there. Exactly. And Cowboys fans are angry because mm-hmm. there, there's there are like six franchises. Right now, I shouldn't even say right now. There's like six franchises where that's not good enough. And also, once you win like the way that they uh, have been historically, once you get to a 12-win season, now you've raised the bar, period. The first 12-win season raises the bar. And now you need to move forward because we've seen this before and we expect it. And those franchise bases are going to be like the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Packers, the Steelers, maybe the Giants. And that's it. That's, That's it. Every other like basic like the Patriots now, but you know pre Brady no, like pre Brady they would have been just like the Lions, just like the Browns, just like the Jaguars, just like the Cardinals, just like the even like even this even the Seahawks. Seahawks fans, if you told like after what they've gone through the last several years, if you told them
0: we're going to make the playoffs for three straight years, they'd probably just be happy. <laughs> you know, and and, and I and the reason why I ask that question because I think it dictates where coaches go. Yeah,
1: I. Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. Because, See, because change,
0: it's easier to change the culture. Maybe the because you, you mentioned that McCarthy's a B plus, uh, coach, and it's like, and he's in an A plus job. Exactly. So, so I think as as fans and as as <clears throat> a football collective, fans and players and coaches and organizations, they got to define what what a like a successful season is. Because yeah. as a as a fan. A lot of us are like Super Bowl or bust. And it's not a successful season if you didn't get to the Super Bowl. I would Bowl. say. I, and I know that's a little unrealistic.
1: So I, I was well, like, well, let's dial it fan, back. I
0: think as, as if you're part of the
1: organization, like you're the head coach, you're the GM, you're the owner, a lot of them are Super Bowl or bust. I think that's, that's probably the, the way that it is. But I, I don't think fans necessarily think that way. I think are, fans, I, a lot of fans I, I talk I, to I, are, are – I, I think fans, like there's a lot of uh, – like it depends. Like if, if you're talking to a lot of 49er fans and you're talking to a lot of Rams fans, then yeah, they're going to feel that way. They mm-hmm. are going to feel And that that's way. why I was like,
0: there needs to be, like, a line there yeah. where we can, like, we can go, hey, no, you know what? You guys had a successful season. You guys made the divisional round. Like, you know, it's a hard thing to do. So, you know, find some solace or whatever and be like, yeah, you know, dial it back a little bit, dude. It's a tough tournament. You made it to the divisional and round. Some, Good job. And Good some, job. You know, and
1: well, at that point. It depends on how you get there though, because like if you, if you, if you got the divisional round by playing like, um, you know, let's say you were the two seed or you were the three seed, right? Because like the three seed traditionally was playing against the worst team that made the playoffs. Now it's the two seed. It doesn't make really the three, the, the six seed the three seeds job any harder. That's still, you know,
0: a pretty like questionable team that made the playoffs, Theoretically, but arguably, once you make the tournament, the the My, people are the, the people. The the teams in the divisional rounds are the ones that are truly meant to be there. And I'm saying this as a as a fan <sighs> of the Rams. Yeah, and, I, and I
1: don't know. I, I don't know. So that I would say that because you still have like a match. Like on the one side, you had the Eagles and the Bucks, and on the other side, you had the Texans and the Browns. And was anybody picking any of those four teams to right. make the Super Bowl? But, but, and, and, and if that, you're not, and if there's people, and like, and if you can't like say that a team has like a legitimate chance to make the Super Bowl, then no. Not necessarily, because well, this and, is the way and, I see and it. In the way that it's set up, one like two of those teams were getting squeezed through into the divisional round, and like and better teams are beating each other in the wild card round. That's so like you had the Chiefs. Okay. and the Dolphins met up in the do- in, in the divisional in the the wild card round. That's a much better divisional round matchup. You would have rather had the Chiefs and the Dolphins make the divisional round than either the Texans or the Browns. You would have rather had both the Lions and okay. the Rams. Okay. Make the make the divisional round rather than see the Eagles or the Bucks. Yeah. So I don't think necessarily that saying the making the divisional round is calling it a successful season because then you have like I would say just making the playoffs because then you have these stupid arguments with people where it's like our team got farther than your team so we're better than your team when you're talking about the Dolphins versus the Texans and there's no way and like I like the Texans a lot but I would probably pick the Dolphins to beat the Texans eight out of ten times.
0: Yeah and 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 i mean i i see i see where you're saying and that, and for you it looks like that's where your line is is just make the playoffs so you have a successful season i have season. something to say about that again and and so i i, I do want to preface this like there's no it's not going to be a perfect line that we see right it's not going to be a perfectly chalked line there's going to be some dirt on it there's going to be some dirt on it it's not going to be extremely visual and so for expectations yeah well yeah and and that's why i picked like the divisional round because i think it helps eliminate and validates some of the arguments of like strength of schedule stuff like that because once you get to the playoffs the strength of schedule doesn't matter yeah and i I, like
1: i I don't know i and i just because of the way that it's set up i just i just i just disagree yeah, that's they, fine. Because that's that's because fine now, like so, and that's great. Okay, so. when there were four teams on each side making the playoffs, I agree. I agree with that because then we're talking about like the championship. Because to me, it's not the divisional round; it's the championship round that has that generally has the four best teams. Like generally, when you get to the championship round, you could see any of those four teams actually winning the Super Bowl. Yeah that so I would choose that round if I was going to choose a round in the playoffs. The reason I say the playoffs is because like one of the greatest football minds of all time, you know, is like is Bill Belichick and he and the guy responsible for, you know, grooming Bill Belichick is Bill Parcells. And Bill Parcells always said, always 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 said two things. One, the regular
0: the football season doesn't start until after Thanksgiving. And two, just get me into the tournament. Okay. So that being said, I'm, I'm I'm on I'm on the divisional round. You're in the playoffs or the championship uh, uh, round. If we're gonna draw, if we're gonna draw, draw.
1: a, a uh, an arbitra, uh, if we're gonna draw a line inside the playoffs, I'm gonna say it's the championship round. If but to me. As a fan, as general fan, if you're not a fan of one of these six teams, I should have added the Chiefs. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. I, should, I definitely should have added the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> if you're not a fan of one of those like six franchises that I listed, you generally should be happy that your team... Has made the playoffs three for three consecutive years. Bills fans are happy right now. Bill, they've got like they've got higher expectations. But I guarantee you that there's not a bunch of them that are going to be calling for their head coach to get
0: fired if they lose today. <laughs> okay, so, all right. So I did. I didn't mention this, and I'm going to mention it right now. Uh, Brian had some other obligations he had to attend to today. So we weren't able to get him on today. So joining us today is actually Bezzy, our longtime viewer. And when we need a (laughs) tiebreaker, we need need that third opinion. So I want to hear from Bezzy, Bezzy. Where do you draw your line? Where is the line for a successful season?
3: I would say making the playoffs, man, because especially now you have an extended playoff, which, you know, it's allowing all teams. And in this year, you had the AFC North. You had the Ravens. like You had tough – the AFC North was a very tough division. Everyone is – that was a – you know, you had three teams in that division make the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, anytime you get into the playoffs, you have a – you know, you There's have a chance four. to they make
1: almost it. almost all four made it. The, the Bengals I know. Were close. That,
3: that's crazy. Like, yeah. all four of them could have – you could have said, you know, that, you know, Jake Brownie kind of messed up at the end of the season. But he was – Honest a little stretch towards the end of the season. It's like, oh, man, this might be a playoff team for Cincinnati. But Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. As soon as you get into the playoffs, you have a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. And I think that's what any fan really just wants is like a chance to get to the big game. And and most
1: fans, I would say. And I agree. I agree. (laughs) And so I, I completely agree with that. And, it's, and, and Ray is, you know, he's sitting here with his, with his Rams hat on, you know, and like thinking <laughs> about his 2021 championship and thinking yeah. about how he still basically got like the same stars from that core that won that championship. And it's like, no, I wanted to win. Mm-hmm. I, wa- I, wa- I wanted to make at least the divisional round. Yeah. I wanted to and, and so I get that. I, I totally get it. As, as a Cowboys fan, I get that.
3: Like, yeah, I, we're I feel co- that we're as a Mike,
1: Yeah, we're, we're calling for Mike McCarthy's <laughs> head because 12 wins isn't good enough, buddy. Like, yeah, you know, well,
3: I don't know. Being a Cowboys fans kind of real PTSD for me. Like, the past oh, – I've been yeah. a Cowboys fan the past 10 years. Is, I'm, I'm 28, so I didn't really start watching See, football So See, the, the,
1: the 10 years is actually you've, – you've been in, in a good time, actually, mostly. Like, so 10 years, you just got in at the end of, like, of the 8-8, the eight eight, you know, three mm-hmm. th- three straight 8-8 eight eight seasons from Jason Garrett when Jason Garrett took over. Mm-hmm. Like, and we, uh, yeah, I I've lived through I, I watched the all three Super Bowls that that we won in the '90s. Um, you know, I lived through uh, them completely. Just, just I, not uh, destroying yeah. the team is a, is the wrong word because they were trying to build something. So it's like I would rather use a a you know.
3: You didn't have a franchise QB at the time. I, it was right well, before Wilmer. Aikman was still there. It was between. So I'm talking eight. about when Aikman was still there. So at the end of, uh, oh,
1: at the towards the uh, end of Troy Aikman's career. And Troy Aikman, for people who don't know, retired before thirty five. Troy Aikman was a Hall of hmm. Famer before forty. He hadn't wow. turned forty, and he was because he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, he retired because of how poorly managed the Cowboys were. Period. For people who mm-hmm. don't know, it was like, you know, he had concussions, but everybody was going through that stuff at that time. That's not why he left. It was because I'm going to be, he wasn't going to put his body through that while the Cowboys were just so poorly managing the team. And so I lived through all the, you know, the horrible draft picks, the, you know, the mistakes. Yeah. Like, um, I, who's the, there was a, there was the guy, it started with their receivers, like, they lost their second receiver at the end of the ninety-four season and they won the ninety five Super Bowl with basically Michael Irvin and nobody else. When the Cowboys went into three wide receiver packages during the ninety five season, Deion Sanders was the third wide receiver. That's, how, highlights of
3: that. that's crazy. That's that's
1: how like and
3: Deion it,
0: Sanders played both sides of the ball
3: too. He huh?
1: did, and he was good. And he was yeah. good. He was like he was a good deep route runner. 'Cause he was just faster than everybody. And so if you had to double Michael Irvin, you weren't gonna be able to double Michael Irvin and cover Deion Sanders deep. So there were there are plenty of highlights throughout that ninety five season, ninety six season of Deion Sanders. Um you know, catching deep passes from Aikman and actually like Irvin missed the first, uh, couple of games of the 96 season. So Dion had to, had to be their, their best wide receiver, but it's crazy, crazy how badly they managed the team. There were so many guys that were available, like Marvin Harrison got drafted something like the fourth or fifth round or something like that by the Colts. So there were, there were guys that were available. They had Jimmy Smith on their team, on their team and let him go in the, um, the, uh, what's it called? The expansion draft when um, the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville oh. Jaguars. Yeah. He went to Jacksonville and had multiple all pro seasons. Um, I think he might be a hall of famer. The Cowboys just
3: cut him. Yeah. That's and, like, crazy. No, now I saw was, a video about Jimmy Smith. Yeah. That, yeah. that guy is very talented. I didn't know he was on the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the, I, I, so I lived through all that stuff and, and all of the, you know, the Clint Sterners and the Quincy Carters and the Drew Henson's and, you know, old hmm. Vinny Testaverdi, old Drew Bledsoe, and so when Tony <laughs> Romo came around, like it was, it was different, and things things just got better. So, um, trust me, it's been worse. Um...
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, no, uh,
3: my deal. Uh, my uncle's a big Cowboys fan. He's lived through all that. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I didn't really start watching football until after in in the middle of high school, I guess, and uh, I don't know. And then I started playing fantasy around 2016, 2017. Nice and. It was funny because I got into it because, uh, my mom, she like, you know, likes to do all this stuff, but she didn't know anything about football. So she was like, Oh, I want you to do this. And I saw i dra- I drafted, uh, yeah. <laughs> I sucked. I-, I finished last in the league. I drafted the Malcolm Moi uh, when he was on the Titans and it was oh, right. And Henry was like a and he took over basically. And then I had <laughs> Russell Wilson though. He was QB one that whole season, but the rest of my team was trash. So, you know, um, but then yeah, I just yeah. really like it. We yeah. I like, like
1: to talk about I, I like to um bring up from time to time the the first auction draft I did was in uh 2019 with Brian and um so this is my 5th season of doing redraft with auction style and in my first auction draft with Brian I paid 30 something dollars I think it was like $35 for um Zach Ertz. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember wow. I, I remember thinking I was really smart when I
3: did that, too.
1: So, yeah. Um, you know, you get better.
3: It's yeah, like, I won. Know. It was funny. The year I won, like, I've been playing since 2016, so like, you know, uh, seven shields. And I won one time, but it was during COVID, so we didn't really put any money on it. But I remember we had Kylo Moe and Justin Jefferson as rookies on my team, and they carried me to championship that year. Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's really good. Justin Jefferson's rookie year was really good. On his rookie year, um, somebody dropped him in our league. And it was it was the first year of our um, league that we're in together now. Uh, oh, this wow. This the season before Ray joined. So our first season, we had 10 teams. And um, somebody dropped him uh, after week two, maybe. Um, like, he hadn't popped off yet. And I mm-hmm. picked him up. And then he popped off. And in our league, um, my, our, my uncle is OK Vike, and uh, I'll get him to fix... I've I got to get people to fix their names for next season. <laughs> but um, no, I, I... anyway, uh, he's a huge Vikings fan, and mm. I knew that he would pay a king's ransom for Justin Jefferson. So I shipped him... And, I want, and he had DeAndre Hopkins, and, mm. I, and I wanted Hopkins. And yeah. so I shipped him Justin Jefferson and david montgomery in the the year david so in this season david montgomery finished fourth overall um in ppr scoring for running backs for people who don't remember for deandre hopkins who ended up finishing like 18th or something like that because he got hurt he missed some games and justin justin jefferson finished as a top five wide receiver (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that i remember yeah so that that was horrible
3: that's yeah, he was my flex that, that whole season, oh, I remember. Uh, so good. He, yep. And, yeah, it was great that whole season. But, yeah, <sighs> I've been playing. And, I don't know, I, uh, some buddies from college, they got me into it. And I've been playing with the same buddies from college of, uh, since 2017. That's so, awesome. It's been
1: It's fun. It's nice having the, the continuity of the league. Um, we have um, 10 of our original members
2: so
3: mm-hmm. yeah there's always like an an old league that i have a oh, home league my home league it's like half ppl uh and it's 12 teams but the like the last two three teams that like changes because some people leave or whatever but it's like the same eight to nine people so it's pretty nice so and it's when it'll take play? it's so. when it'll take off also so it's 200 bucks each Woo. uh yeah, so. that's, a
1: good, that's a fun league all right yep so you have a question for Busy?
0: Yeah, I do actually Busy. Um what where where do you um how do you feel about your guys's Cowboys coach? Do you feel like you need to replace them now or do you want to
3: give him another season? Uh I don't know, man. That's ha- Let me I ask mean, you let
1: me ask you a question Cowboy fan to Cowboy fan. Has mm-hmm. that answer changed since last Sunday afternoon? <laughs>
3: Uh, a little bit, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. so after,
1: after the game, we were, we wanted his head.
3: Yeah, I've been. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think who, because when it comes to coaches, it's like okay. I want Dan you got, Quinn out. You want Dan yeah. Quinn? That's
1: the one that I want out. I, and I, I like I've never been a huge fan of Dan Quinn. Um, I think that his his schemes are very basic. He's mm-hmm. he plays very fair defense and you can't like it just doesn't work anymore like you have like it is just it's frustrating to watch opposing offenses just set their guys up however they want against the cowboys and get the exact looks that they want and it's like you're you're making your guys have to have to actually make elite plays and outplay their opponent on every play rather than helping them out with some of the scheme they're, they're just getting exposed out there is what it feels like. And then also you've got a generational player in Micah Parsons and you're just using him like a pass rusher. I, I don't Yeah. Get, I, they line him well, up every play at defensive end or D tackle even, and just ask him to rush the passer. Like the guy is probably the fastest guy on the field most of the time. If you're not playing against the Miami Dolphins, he is probably <laughs> the fastest guy on the field. That is no joke. Yep. I've watched him race yep. Tyreek Hill.
3: <laughs> yep. No, but like I don't know when it comes to coaching and all that, it's like who do you get to a place that coach? And that's so Quinn? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, well, so we'll I wanna,
1: what I would want to do is like so here's the uh, what I think doesn't happen enough is I don't think that the coaching trees get attacked enough for coordinators people are always looking for head coaches and they're so they're always looking for like the offensive coordinators and the defensive coordinators that are coming from successful head coaching trees but to me like these teams aren't doing and then there's just like cycling so then what happens is they have uh you'll so for instance you have like the um the the chiefs you know the chiefs will lose a uh a coordinator a major coordinator and then replace them mm-hmm. with a former head coach, a, like a failed head yeah. coach somewhere. These, so these head coaches will fail and then go back into, in, into coordinator jobs <laughs> so that they can get hired again later as a head coach. And to me, what we need to be doing is going to, like, these successful defensive coordinators, guys like Robert Sala, guys like D'Amico Ryans, um, guys like uh, Brian Flores, right? And take yeah. their guys and rise yeah. them up. That's, so that's what I want. I want us to go find a successful defensive coaching tree, and I want us to make a D coordinator out of somebody who has not been a D coordinator yet. I want a fresh face as our defensive coordinator. That's what I want.
3: Mm, that That's a good, uh, interesting thought with that. Like, I don't know, anytime I think about teams and coaches, I think, okay, who's the QB? Is it a young QB that has all this... Uh, offensive potential Mm -hmm. then if that's the case like you get like in Chicago you have Justin Fields right like you should pair him with like a really offensive minded head coach to you know develop them but if you have like let's say in Seattle you have like Geno Smith somebody who's already established as a QB that you don't have to you know mold into something right Mm -hmm. like somebody you don't have to develop Right. Uh, then you can get like a defensive head coach because you don't have to worry about that side of the body. we were be... Yeah, we were, ta- we were and...
1: talking about this earlier uh, when we were talking about um, he, he uh, I said that I would have been happy with Belichick. And Ray said, so you so like you're on the, the thinking, the lines of thinking that it was more Belichick responsible for the Super Bowls than Brady. And I was like, you have to have both. And like when you have a great coach on the like defensively, like Belichick, and then you have a, a quarterback, a star quarterback who can just run your offense for you, like you don't really have to worry about that side of the ball. And you and that's that is the marriage made in heaven. So like right now, like the Texans look really good because they've got D'Amico Ryan's on one side, and like and I thought that they played a really tough game yesterday. I was really I was still and even though they lost thirty four to ten, I was impressed with the way that they played. I don't think they turned the ball over. Um, yeah they just you they also have to have them. a good
3: oc also uh, and i like their the offensive work. coordinator
1: i thought they, yeah. they i thought they were really close like they were they were probably um so if you watch the replay on that trick play that they ran it was like a double reverse flea flicker screen
3: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: yes. they, they that that tackle that whoever that Ravens cornerback was, I can't remember who it was that made the tackle, that was probably the play of the game. Because if he doesn't make that tackle, they score yeah. on that play. That was so, that was a well-designed play. And that's um, one of the things that that makes Andy Reid so successful in Kansas City, is his ability to design screen plays that people don't see coming. Like, to get blockers in front of ball carriers in space um, is just... It's it's it is effective offense. I like Bobby Sloak a lot. I like what they're doing in Houston. Like if they're able to hang on to him this year, which I don't know if they'll, they'll be able to because of the, the carnivorous way that the NFL hires new head coaches. Um, but I think See, I don't get I don't get pair. that with
3: the head coaches, man. Like oh, I hear you, the, great now. you don't ha- you don't have like a what do you call it? You don't have a limit to how much you can spend on keeping a coach. Like if you have a good offensive, oh, yeah, goal the best job
1: in it, America is a fired head coach.
3: Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous, man. Like yeah, they
1: spend so much money on these head coaches, it's, and just like roll right through them. It's insane. I agree. There should be a penalty. Uh, you should <laughs> like you shouldn't be able to just re-roll through head coaches. You shouldn't.
3: Yeah, I don't know Like, if you're a team that wants to have sustained success. Like I would think you would want and you don't have like there's no cap on like how much you can spend on a coach or a coordinator or anything like that. Like if you have like in Kansas City, like you could have kept it. I mean, they're doing fine without him. Right. But like you could have kept him and prevent like, you know, if you want to have like that cultural and that stability. Uh, they were, like, yeah, I think that was it a
1: for a while, actually. Before Jason Garrett was uh, the head coach, he was the highest paid coordinator in the league. And I think he was he paid equally to Wade Phillips, who was the head coach at the time. Uh, and yeah. Jerry did that so that he wouldn't go take another job.
3: Yeah. So, no, and that's, you know, and if you're in a good situation, like, you know, I, I get like you want to go out and all that, but, you know, you can stay in Kansas City, like if you're at uh, uh, EB, all right, and, you know, just. <laughs> You know, have a good time, and instead have of having, you know,
1: instead of instead of going to these like w- these disastrous locations and and trying mm-hmm. to build
0: something out of a waste. So, <laughs> I, I'm going to <clears throat> I'm trying to guide the conversation in a in a bit. So, so uh, the yes. Belichick the Belichick effect, right? So, when I'm thinking about Bill Belichick. You feel like he's a decent coach. You feel like uh, the I, coach you have hold on. Like, yeah, you, you feel like the coach you have now is a B plus. So we'll get back to We'll circle back to Belichick. But for now, with your coach, you have who's a B plus coach. If you were to be separated uh, from the Cowboys.
2: <clears throat>
0: what, I, I, would, I, I wouldn't care. What, oh, he wouldn't care. OK. What yeah. B plus team would he go to?
1: Oh, um. <clears throat> well, Mike McCarthy would immediately get hired again.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Like, where do I think Mike McCarthy would go? Yeah, like what? What
0: franchise would be just delighted LA. to have that? Probably L.A. You think L.A.? Oh yeah. Which one? The Chargers? Yeah, the Chargers. Okay. Because I,
1: I think he would. Like, you, you
0: threw me there for a second. I was like, what? Because you, Chargers you, aren't an. LA you look
1: team. at what he's been able to do in Dallas. <clears throat> it's like we did win. We've so now there are seventeen games in the season. So to me, so you think the Chargers are a B plus team? I don't even think they're their B plus team. I think the chargers are one of those franchises that would be elated to hear that they were going to make the playoffs for through the next three years. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I, yeah. Don't care if we go one and done. We made it. We, this is the best we've ever done as a franchise. It's gotcha. Gonna, Cause it would, it would, be up with like the Dan Fouts. It would like, that's what it would be. It's been like 45 years mm-hmm. since the chargers were a team that like perennially perennially made the playoffs. Cause like even the Philip rivers years were like, there was a lot of eight and eight, there was a lot of like, you know, they made the playoffs because they got hot in December. Nobody like in at the in the beginning of December, people weren't picking them to make it, you know. And then they won four straight games and finished nine and seven. But um, I think that he would fit in L.A. I think that L.A. fits Mike McCarthy, the mm-hmm. just the, the way that he is now. Um, and I think that he would um, chargers. Uh, th- yeah. I, I think that he would do. I think he'd do an excellent job in LA. Um, there's there's a great quarterback in place. Um,
3: I, I don't know. They have, they I have. I think a kind Caleb... of lazy
1: owner. So yeah. Um. I so it would be. It would make sense because he's probably been in a position for the last four years in Dallas where mm-hmm. like he's like. Having to answer ridiculous questions like on the daily, I gotta imagine that his job's fucking seven days a week and like his phone goes off. Yeah, anytime you get bullshit. hired and have to, um, so you I, have to, so, and I imagine LA would be put different. yourself with the charges Jerry would be Jones. different. Like it would, it would be much different if he was to come to LA, have like one successful season, and then start off hot the next year. He'd be the toast of the town, he'd be like the savior of LA, you know. Um, uh,
3: uh, I think Carolina would be more interesting. Well, not interesting, but he's like, who wants the, the Carolina job, right? I, I,
1: no, I, I don't think anybody wants <laughs> to go to Carolina. I don't think the Atlanta job is really all that great because the, here's the thing about the Atlanta job. Like they have Bijan, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London who are all going to need contracts before you can probably even figure out your quarterback situation. Like before you're sure yeah. that you have it solved. Because it's like that. What happened in Houston this year is just super rare. And on that, like on on that note, I still kind of like I like I like what I watched from Bryce Young over the last several weeks. Like, I think if he was in a better spot, he would have performed better. Mm-hmm. Um, I but so it, and it takes time. I think that he will be successful eventually, and that a good quarterback will be successful eventually. Like, I don't think the Falcons have a good quarterback, and I think that like they. It, the decisions that they're going to have to make with high dollar players before they might be able to figure out their quarterback is like, I don't, I just don't understand why, like I know Bill Belichick's had two interviews there, two meetings with um, Arthur Blank about it. I just don't see why he would want to go there. Like to me, that one doesn't make sense to me. Like he should go to um, like, I've, I think I said oh, this last week, Washington makes the most sense to me. Washington makes the most sense. Um, hmm. LA doesn't make sense because LA is in cap. Hell. Who are we talking about now? Uh huh. Belichick. Oh, Belichick. okay. We Belichick. moved into uh, Belichick. Sorry, I'm sorry. Mike McCarthy. I we I answered the Mike McCarthy thing, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, and, the, and that's where I was like, LA, yeah. Okay. And and so, and then, we he, yeah, and then he started talking about the Falcons job, and I and I was like, I don't think that's an attractive job. I just, I really don't. Um, to me, the least attractive jobs are, uh, are Atlanta. Carolina, Carolina. Um, I <sighs> Yeah, I, I th- and I really think that's it. I think the other ones are fine. Uh, who else is still on the list? We've we've got because um, the Las Vegas job is taken. They they locked in Antonio Pierce. So Patriots. Uh, the Patriots uh, job is available, but he can't go there. So we've got the. Yeah. We've got the Why Patriots? can't he go we've to got, Patriots job? Well, well, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the Patriots job's not available. Gerard Mayo is the coach. Oh, they, oh like, that's he,
2: right. That's Yeah. Right. They already okay. picked somebody.
1: Yeah. They, and they, and they basically hired, they hired from within. They basically just promoted because gotcha. uh, Gerard Mayo is a Belichick guy. He played, he played there for 10 plus years. He okay. Co- so he, if, if, he we're gonna get, if we're going
0: to get, if we're going to get on Belichick, let me circle back to Belichick and let me finish my thoughts on this guy. Um, McCarthy, where do you think you should go? I know Belichick we're going to circle back. I I, I don't, I didn't really have a thought on McCarthy. I was just curious. I was like, where does this B plus guy go? If the Cowboys let him go kind of thing, LA. Yeah. Yeah. So, but back to Belichick and I've been on this, I think since Brady left. And I think most of this (laughs) has been a conversation recorded. So, I, I never really felt like Belichick was a successful coach. You know, Brady went to uh, Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl, and Belichick has been on decline. Belichick didn't have success without Brady, and then so let's, let's let's look at but, uh, let's look at the uh, yeah. I by our definition, we just drew you, a success you, line. Now, he had two success, seasons.
1: Didn't have success post Brady. Uh, no, and now even by pay, no, we can go by Patriots standards, and we can say that them making the playoffs and getting uh, and getting smashed. Okay, okay so hold is on. not
0: good enough. Hold, hold on, hold on. By the, the the line we defined, and I'll 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 even lean on your guys's line, he has, not my it says line. Pre Brady, so he went to he went to the playoffs with the Browns, right? You know that Belichick has nine Super Bowl rings, right? Yeah, with Brady. No. No, I'm talking as a head coach. I'm talking as a head coach. He does not have nine Super Bowl rings as a head coach. No, he doesn't have nine as a head coach. But if you ask okay. the Giants
1: players who won two Super Bowls with him as their defensive coordinator, they don't win without him. Okay, that's fine. And those teams won on defense.
0: Okay, but he's not he's not up for defensive coordinator here. And if he was, great. We're talking that, about I, coaching, though. We're talking about coaching. <clears throat> I'm success. talking. Okay, well, I'm successful talking about successful coaches. I'm talking about head coaching. That's what I'm talking about.
1: I I don't and me and, and I because if he's
0: going to go somewhere for a defensive coordinator, it's a win for whoever gets him. But it's but it's that, that's it's, a win. I it's, can it's, agree to that. I can it, see it, to and, that.
1: But there's certain there's and that's why I don't think Atlanta is the place for him to go. Is because yeah. he has to go there and solve the quarterback situation. Yes. Okay.
0: So, so I think that's wh- so as a head coach, as a, as as a coach, any any franchise would be great for him. As a head coach, I, I how many how many rings does he have? Seven? Six. Six. Okay, so he has six. And then uh, as a head coach, he went to the playoffs with the Browns, and and then he, he went to he, the t- Patriots. Yeah, he, he went to the playoffs with the Browns. Um, and then he went to the Patriots. Those are his two coaching jobs. Yeah. And then uh, with the Patriots, he went to the playoffs once without Brady or twice? Once. Once, once. once yeah. Okay, so, so he's had two successful seasons without Brady. Um, and then I'm looking at his coaching tree, and you can elaborate on the coaching tree for Bill Belichick because I don't know all these names. But he had Al Groh, right? And um, that was back in 2000?
1: Defensive coordinator, I think. And uh, he, I
0: think Al went on to coach for the Jets and did horribly. Okay. And he did horribly. Nick Saban? Uh, pretty okay. In college? But the, when he, he was in the pros, what we had to do at the
1: height of college, and at the, and like in the so, pros, what did he do? Huh? In the pros, he in the pros he, he was on his way to leading Miami to the playoffs, um, and then he had that little scandal, or we'll call it a scandal, but
0: I can't think of a better I,
1: word. I I'd have to look back and see what happened, but I don't think so. I think he just quit, and the reason he quit is because he wanted Drew Brees.
0: Oh, I thought he quit because of some sort of like he, he said with, the wrong thing in, the, in I, the into the camera or something. Maybe uh, not. Maybe that was another coach. I
1: thought. I think that was no. I think that was another uh, coach at a sim- similar time. That I think that was Bobby uh, Bobby something. He was the coach in Atlanta. Okay. During the Michael Vick era. Uh, what a, what about Romeo Crennel? Crennel. Uh, Romeo uh, Romeo did not have success in Houston. Uh, Eric Mangini. The man genius had a couple of successful seasons in uh, New York. Okay, um, and overall, he
0: had thirty three wins and forty seven losses. Before Josh, you're talking about without Brady, or I'm talking about Eric Mangini. Oh, as, Mangini, yeah, yeah, as head coach, yeah, yeah. and Josh McDaniels. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and Josh McDaniels is not a head coach. Yeah, okay, and Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien,
1: I wanted to say he was successful in college, but he well, he was good in Houston.
0: Yeah, he has a fifty-two forty-eight. And loss.
1: he and he went to so actually. Um, so did you like Houston has the most wild card? Like is tied for like the most wild card wins, uh, wild card round wins. Okay, of any team since two thousand, uh, uh, and and they've only existed since two thousand two, and all of those came with Bill O'Brien. So Matt Patricia, not a head coach, Brian Flores. Brian Flores is going to get another job, so I think uh, we can't write, we can't say yes or no on Brian Flores because he was the guy that was in Miami who um, got in trouble for outing the ownership for tanking, because he, he didn't mm-hmm. want to tank, and the owners threatened to fire him if he didn't do specific things to tank. Joe Judge. Joe Judge got like a short chance in, in New York. But what he it was, looks like. But he's a special teams coordinator. I don't even. He wasn't a head coach. He wasn't a head coach. He wasn't. Well, he no no no. He was a head coach in New York, but okay. New York hired him to be the head coach, <clears throat> off of being the special teams coordinator. Okay,
0: no, that's fine. So, um, that, and that's why I'm asking because I don't. But I, for I, don't know don't the, the background. So was
1: John Harbaugh the head coach of um the Ravens? Mm-hmm. He was a special teams coordinator before he was a uh, head coach. And Brian Dab- uh, Dabble Dabble. Brian Dable, Dable is the current head coach of New York. Okay. So, and he was, uh, and actually, and he, I didn't actually know he was part of the treat. He had, he had massive success as, um, uh, Josh Allen's offensive coordinator in Buffalo. He was the guy that turned people around on Josh Allen. So these are all like
0: coaches that aren't phenomenal. They're not Super they Bowl ha- coaches. Yeah, not and, yet. Yeah. And, and, um and maybe one or two are or are, are um but Nick Saban is the most successful coaches,
1: but... is one of the su- most successful coaches in of college. all time. In college. Like he has uh, you say in college like yeah. it's a bad thing. No no well, well we're not talking, especially like, football. We're talking about. Well, football. It, it, we're talking about football. We're talking about when he gets coaches. his chance in mean, in and, and, and NFL, we'll be able to, to me, and, put a better and Honestly little... to be that successful in college is I would argue at his level Doing it at Alabama and having to compete at that level every year um, is arguably more difficult than running an NFL <laughs> franchise because so much gets taken off of your plate. I think the, the, the guys that
0: um, But, I mean, if run, that were true, they would be able to pick coaches out of the college, and they would just be and, uh, a little, like, highly the, Here's
1: and, the thing. Here's the, the reason that guys coach college guys instead of um, NFL athletes like the choice and this is probably why this could be why saban's getting out now yeah is because the college guys haven't been paid yet so they're more receptive mm. to coaching so and and Mick saban ha, like from alabama alabama produces, i don't want to get too much on nick i'm saban, sorry so. i'm sorry well i'm sorry we're talking we're i'm talking about the validity of coaching yeah in in those ranks and now let's say you're you suc- you're a successful coach at toledo that's not the same, but he resurrected Alabama. Alabama was nothing before Nick's like Alabama was like that team that people remember back in the seventies from all those really old school images of college football and stuff like that. And hadn't done anything in like 25 let, years. Before let me ask you this
0: there. then. Okay. Um, about Nick Saban college How's he been doing? I don't know cuz I don't follow college, right? That's why I'm like kind of like I don't care to talk about it, but They made uh, the college playoff this year. So yeah, okay, great. Um but my question is um how has he been doing since they started the portal? And uh well, they just made the college playoff okay. this year
1: and a 13 and 0 team didn't.
0: Yeah. So pretty good and then and then so how long has the portal been around
1: i think it's two years three years something like that well the transfer portal i think actually is something that has existed for longer than people have really been aware of it yeah it just didn't have some of the same um flexibility that players now have like i think it used to be harder For a player to transfer out of school like they had to have like a a good reason maybe like something like that and now it's easier these players can choose to transfer schools and also um, they're getting paid like there's you know I don't know if you've seen the list of players college players who made more than Brock Purdy. This year,
0: <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Oh, it's gross. That's
2: funny.
1: <laughs> there's, uh, there's like there are half a dozen quarterbacks in college that made more than Brock Purdy this year. So, um, with, and, with, and hold on, real quick. One last thing. <laughs> How's he doing? I'm afraid to ask you anything. One last transfer. Transfer. You asked me a question. I just want to completely answer it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, since Nick Saban retired, and they've already hired his his successor, and his successor was the coach. Of the team who just lost the national championship game, they've had a mass exodus of players.
2: Mm. Hmm.
0: So, um, Nick Saban and Harbaugh are two college co- coaches that I've I would always... call Harbaugh a college coach. He's had success in
1: college, but he also had success in the NFL. So. current
0: currently coaching college. Two co- coaches currently coaching college. That's my fault for not being as articulate as I should be. One's current. Uh, One just retired. Right, right. They're still in that season. I'm messing with you. I know. They're still in that season. But my point, what I'm trying to make is those are two, and it's not really a big point. They're just two coaches' names that always come up like for, oh, the NFL needs coaches, Uh and here's two coaches. I don't think Saban's
1: been there for a while. Like Harbaugh, people have been chomping at Harbaugh for the last three or four years now Mm -hmm. to see if he was going to leave Michigan. And I think it was like one of those things. He was not going to leave until he won a national championship, you know. Um, there, but, yeah, uh, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was successful with um, oh God, Mahomes. King, Kingsbury, if you don't know, Cliff Kingsbury was, uh, I believe, the head coach of Texas Tech when Mahomes was there.
0: Okay. So moving to um, we're still on this coaching tree thing. So um, we're gonna I'm gonna move to We've got plenty of time so we don't need to just jump into the games. So. Um, no I, 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 for me I, I try to manage time so like the, the, the point in the topic stays relevant to what we're talking about, but You're so smart, but um, I love you. <laughs> the McVay coaching tree has Matt LaFleur. Currently with the Packers, right now
1: if we can't call it the McVeigh coaching tree, you have to call it the Shanahan coaching so, tree. So, so there's and a caveat on there. When, when Shanahan, I'm looking these articles also, up, there is that caveat. And then also, it's not it's not Kyle Shanahan; it's Mike Shanahan. Right, right, right. Okay, okay.
0: So, for the sake of the internet, they are putting Matt Lafleur in the McVeigh coaching tree, and
1: they're both in the Shanahan tree.
0: Okay, yes. So I'm just saying we can add them while we're talking. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then you have Zach Taylor. Little little success. Yeah, Mac Fleur, a little success. Zach Taylor is, is a Cincinnati Bengals coach. Yep. Yeah. Brandon Staley,
1: who's not doing so good. No, and uh-huh. did not have a successful tenure in, in Los Angeles.
0: And Kevin O'Connell.
1: We're, he made the playoffs, but um, that roster was put together while um, – oh, forgive me. Uh, oh, man, I really like this guy too. He could come back and co- be the defensive coordinator in Dallas if he wants to. Yeah. Um, the guy He was the head coach in, in Minnesota for years. Uh, he's a defensive guy. He, he came from Dallas. Why am I... Uh, my, Mike Zimmer? Mike Zimmer. Yes. Zimmer could definitely come back and coach the Cowboys defense, and I'd be very happy about that. Um, so... so uh, the team was built, I'm sorry. So the team was built by Zimmer. O'Connell takes over, and they have a new offensive philosophy. And with the, that solid core on defense and a new spark on offense they had a and the probably the luckiest run any teams ever had in one score games um they made the playoffs last year and had a home playoff game and lost to the Giants so i don't know how how you know like how good kevin o'connell is yet well so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll leave it open
0: yeah yeah and 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 i say all the, that to say this that Bill Belichick, I'm just not sold on him being like this savior of a franchise. If he goes in there and walks, and, in and there.
1: the and I'll tell can I tell you why I am? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because we're going to find out this
1: next season. Um, so <laughs> the reason the reason that I am is because like I already mentioned that um, guys like Lawrence Taylor will tell you that he's not a two-time Super Bowl champion without Bill Belichick. Yeah, and. Bill
0: Belichick. Did there are going to be people who feel that way.
1: Yeah. Bill, Bill Belichick did things like, he's just like, so you remember as a Rams fan, when he held your, you know, maybe one of the top five offenses of all time to yeah. three points. Yeah. Three points in the Super Bowl. I okay? mean,
0: twice, not three points twice, but he beat the Rams twice in and,
1: and while their offenses were all-time. Yeah. All-time great. Shut them down twice. And, and 20 years apart. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, so that like that right there is special because we're not even talking about like he was hot during the time. We're talking about like he identified a way to shut down two uniquely different special offenses.
3: So, in, so in, in an yeah, and, way, okay?
1: and, 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 and to me, that's I that's think not, you're making I a great argument first, for a defensive coach God, wasn't even the, uh, uh, Yeah, <laughs> you're no, making but, a great argument for defensive coach. But he's, also, but he's coach. also a good organizer. He's just the, where he's not had success is in roster construction because he's not an offensive mind and he has a different way at looking at football and that works really well on Sundays it really does work well on Sundays you just have to take the keys out of his hands when it comes to building the team okay so and i think if he was to go to dallas he wouldn't be building the team
0: oh he wouldn't be certainly no. but all right so let me ask you this who built those rosters for him in those successes he, he has some very good GMs. Um, okay, so it was the, GMs. It was yeah, the GM, GM thing? Really,
1: yeah, he had some
0: the
1: yes, and it's and it's important. Like you got to have like yeah, because
0: we didn't talk about GMs whatsoever. You got to have all of it, dude. Yeah, the, the,
1: the general manager is very important too. And if you like, look at look at a um, a team like Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, the head coach just seems to be fungible. The, the head like if you look, um, I somebody said this on on air. Um, if you look at the the power triangle of the 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 GM, the head coach, and the quarterback, the three guys who have the most ability to affect the team, you know for the Eagles, the least important guy of those three
0: is the head coach. So <clears throat> I guess my final thought on on the whole bell check thing is and, and I wasn't we, done uh, Well, this was my final you can keep going, but my final thought on it is, we're going to see. We're going to see what he does in this next team. Mm-hmm. And I am not hopeful for the team that he lands in. I, and you're, you are in the majority yeah. on that. And I, and I don't know if I am because I keep no, hearing people you, going,
2: yeah. oh, Belichick this and Belichick I see it, that. No, and, I see it
1: everywhere, dude. People going. Uh, I personally have seen it a lot um, amongst the people that I, I you know, compete with in fantasy football. So these are obviously people that think they know something about football, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and so what I have seen is a lot of people don't expect Bill Belichick to to have success. Now, if you look on like social media and stuff like that, and posts from like uh, networks and stuff like mm-hmm. that, they're obviously going to be painting a different picture. Like, which job is Bill Belichick going to take? You know, yeah, type type of deal. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and there are some things that are important to remember about that. Um, Money is important Okay mm-hmm. So for whatever franchise that he goes to They're instantly going to sell A bunch of tickets Instantly um, He's also only like Even if uh, he, he wins six games a year Like two seasons away From breaking the all time wins record So you're going to have television You're going to get televised games like you're, so you're going to make money. Yeah. Wherever he goes, he's going to make money, and cool. you're going to get to like, you're that that team is going to be the team forever that people remember as the team that he was coaching when he broke the record.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: but from a successful, I have a I have Ed a place
3: ben. where he can go. Um, I think he. What if he went to the Charles into L.A. He already has a good offense. I don't. Um, don't, And he'll be an actual defensive coach, unlike Brandon Saley.
1: I see people say that he already has a good offense, but Eckler's 28. Mike Williams is 30. Keenan Allen's 32. And they've got like $75 million tied up in those three guys. So I, and I don't, that's why I don't think it's going to happen. That's why I don't think it's going to happen for L.A. Cause I just don't think that they are set up for like immediate success (laughs) and they're going to have to do a little bit of tearing down. So like, I think that's why I think it makes sense for McCarthy to go there because McCarthy, like, you know, if he had gotten his head lopped off in Dallas, you know, he would have been going there with like his tail between his legs and no one would have been, you know, upset if the, if the chargers had started, like he started in Dallas and went six and 11 next year, you know, and started rebuilding and then, turned it around he'd have a few years to figure it out and i think by year three in of of a mccarthy era in in los angeles they'd be a very different team and marching towards the playoffs
0: i think i think bill (coughs) i think belichick if he values and he doesn't but if he valued how people foresee his legacy he should just retire
1: I don't think so. He <laughs> he wants. He's going to become the all-time winningest head coach. He shouldn't retire now. I really. I don't. I, I I actually believe the opposite. I think if he values his legacy, he need he needs to succeed again. Well, yes, because if he doesn't, and that, and that's where and because I, and he, if he and, doesn't, and you you're gotta, just going to get more Belichick. More. He's a badass dude.
0: If he doesn't he's, succeed, he's going to get more people harping on the whole. It was only because of Brady thing. He's still going to become a Hall of Famer, but is it because it was a coattail ride on, on Brady's coattails? You I know what I mean? Like I, You're going to keep feeding, giving ammunition to that narrative.
1: Brady's gonna so, retires Tom now, Tom Brady is he, about he to start that, his 10-year contract with Fox as their lead analyst. <clears throat> Thank God. I was kind of hoping he'd end up in a coordinating gig, but go ahead. I guarantee you that Tom Brady is, will do a good job of... Getting the idea across that it was just as much, you know, that he that he believes it was just as much, you know, Bill Belichick as it was him. Yeah, because Tom Brady will tell you he never could have been Tom Brady without Bill Belichick.
0: And there you have it. What are your what are your final thoughts on that, uh, Bezzy? I don't
3: know if I'm if I'm Belichick. I mean, I'm old. I'm 70 something, whatever the hell he is. But like I want to win 72. OK, I'm 72. I want to win as many Super Bowls as I can. Uh, I'm trying to go to the team with the best QB. I would say right?
1: Seattle. Like Seattle makes a lot of mm. sense. Mm. That's uh mm. Yeah, that that works Seattle, too. Seattle has a uh, not only does Seattle have a have a quarterback that Bill Belichick can work with in, in Gino, Gino's a tough-minded guy. He's been through a lot of crap on a, and and he's come out the other side of it, you know? I think he's a like I think he fits Bill Bel, what Bill Belichick wants in a quarterback.
0: Another cold stadium. Um. Yeah. Another, another cool with, with
1: with an advantage, you know. So it like it, it just it, that kind of fits. Um, it would be funny mm. for him to follow Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll's done that to him. <laughs> well, actually, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It would be funny for him to follow Pete Carroll again because actually he's Pete Carroll was the the coach just before Belichick <laughs> in New England. If, for anybody
0: who doesn't know, he's just he's just shitting all over Pete Carroll. It, that <laughs> would be yeah.
1: It would be really fucking funny. <laughs> If if he went to New- for for that to-
0: narrative of laughs, I would be rooting for Belichick. Right? I'd be rooting to be wrong if he went to Seattle. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, It'd be bad for
1: you. And, he, and, and so that's the thing. That's that's and so that's the thing that's really funny about it, right? Is so you think he's gonna fail, right? Wherever he goes next, yeah. You don't want him in your division. You don't want him in your. You just you're like I want to watch him fail in somebody else's division. So oh, I don't care if he went to Seattle. Oh, You don't want him. You don't. You don't want to have to. You do not want to have to play <laughs> against Belichick twice a year. You know that. You know well, that. Well,
0: here's the thing. Like, even if he was like great, it's just going to make the team better. That but play I, against I, him. I,
1: I think um, Seattle is perfectly set up for a coach like Belichick to come in, kind of a um, a fresh, um, fresh voice. This is a team that's been well put together. They play well together at times. Um, they have some good veterans. They still have Bobby Wagner on defense. They've got some studs, uh, young studs on defense, too. Like Tariq Woolens, one of the fastest corners in the league, and he's six foot four. Like Belichick like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that may, and they're not in cap hill. And they've got the talent on offense where he wouldn't have to do anything on offense other than draft offensive linemen for like the next three years. Cause they've got Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet, JSN. They've got a priming DK Metcalf. They've got Tyler Lockett to play the, the role of like Julian Edelman for the next two years. And Tyler Lockett's not going anywhere for people like, I'm sorry, fantasy football heads. Like <laughs> he, yes, he's on his way down. He's still going to be in the way for, <laughs> for the next couple of years for JSN and for, for DK Metcalf and their ceiling numbers. But yeah, that's to, if I was going to, if, I wanted Bill Belichick to have the best chance to be like on a Super Bowl contending team next year or the year after Seattle is the place to go um if I want to uh it, I, but the if you want the best opportunity like to me the best job available right now is washington has to be washington hmm. um mm. they they cleaned house. Completely cleaned house, new ownership. Um, their owner is super popular. Who's their owner? Um, uh, jo- Josh something. I, I I've always forget. Where's he come name. from? I always forget his name. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. I, uh, I'll look it up right now. Uh, yeah, you should look it up. Um, he's he's a popular guy. Um, and then they just signed the 49ers assistant GM to be their GM, and that guy, Josh Harris. Josh Harris. There you go. That that guy. Uh, not Josh Harris, uh, the assistant GM that they just hired in Washington was also part of uh, Belichick's front office for six years in New England while they were successful. Obviously they were successful. but um, So they've worked together before. And finally, the commanders picked number two overall in this year's draft. So he'd have a chance to pick whatever quarterback he wanted
0: Right in front of New England. Who picks number three? Okay, so should I read a little segment yeah. on this guy? Read okay, right so yours. coming from uh, coming to us from Sportico.com, uh, <clears throat> Josh Harris, an investment group led by Josh Harris, is the billionaire owner of the Philadelphia Sixers and the New Jersey Devils, closed a deal to buy the Washington Commanders for an NFL record six billion from Daniel Snyder in July. Harris passed the 100-day mark of his NFL ownership at the end of October, a three-month period where he prioritized rebuilding trust and fostering community engagement. Josh Harris is an investor, entrepreneur, sports team owner, and philanthropist, and he is considered one of the most successful investors in private equity history. He is co-founder of Apoyo, I said. I said it in Spanish. Apollo Glo- Global Management, <laughs> which uh, merged with Athene last year, is he
1: also the owner of the of the Seventy Sixers? Is that the other team he owns?
0: Yeah, Philadelphia 76 Sixers, okay. and he is yeah. currently fifty eight years old. and He's worth eight worth eight point one billion. According That's got to gotta the be a lower number because he's got because
1: the the Commanders are worth more than that are worth almost that much. So,
0: well, I mean, if you uh, it goes Personal on to say role. that. Um, Harris amassed a fortune cutting deals through the investment firm, which now has about 600 billion of assets under their management. Yeah. So, like, you know, these billionaires, they they kind of have their money hidden away and stuff like that, which is, you know, good on them, smart on them, I guess. Oh yeah. So with that, whew, unless you got more to say on Bill Belichick and the coaching stuff, I would like to move us along to um, your thoughts on uh, league commissioners for fantasy. Yeah. So. so while you're soapboxing that, I'm going to take a step out real quick, okay? Because I know you're going to have some time to, to yes. I want to talk. Something. I'm going right to talk back. to
1: the people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: running a fantasy
1: football league can be hard. You can go behind me. Yeah. All right. So um, <clears throat> if you're going to commission a fantasy football league, it's important to pay attention all the time. There's there's really not too many things that people get upset about. Like people get upset when players aren't paying. They get upset when people are cheating. They get upset when people aren't setting lineups. And they get upset when the payout doesn't happen. So don't ever let that happen. Make sure that you take care of the money and your your league will be good. Um, One thing I I wanted to talk about from just a, a regular player perspective is that Trading can be pretty difficult. And I think that it's important to uh, not stay professional. Professional is probably the wrong word, but maintain a a level of calm. Uh, You're going to get deals that get sent to you that are ridiculous, maybe even like irritating. But it's important, especially like if you're in Dynasty, to maintain a working relationship with the person that you're dealing with. So you're going to have to deal with this person you know for years to come so even if like they're abrasive or if they're um dismissive or they're hard to work with it's still important to just you know keep your cool and figure out a smarter way to uh to get what you want rather than like getting into fights with your league mates like i did this last week and i and so i can tell you from personal experience it's difficult um i was gonna i'm glad you're back now because now i can tell you about this um i had this guy in my uh rebuild dynasty league it's a full ppr two quarterback league oh it's not two quarterback it's super flex but you know super flex is basically two quarterback and this guy has been trying to get Kendra miller off me for like four weeks now and um he keeps sending me these ridiculous offers. Like the absolute best offer he sent me for Kendra Miller was David Montgomery straight up. And David Montgomery is a soon to be 27 year old backup running back for the lions. Like we all know, we all, everybody knows about Jameer Gibbs, right? No one, you'd have to be living under a rock to not know who Jameer Gibbs is. And you're certainly not playing fantasy football and not knowing who Jameer Gibbs is. So offering some, and in dynasty, like, so offering somebody a you know a soon to be expiring run, running back for a soon to be budding running back is just kind of like a dick move <laughs> like, like you're just kind of assuming that your opponent is stupid
0: <laughs> so you know on that though i mean i don't know who this guy is i don't know how many years he's been playing he's playing in a, this is the dynasty league Mm-hmm. so i'd imagine when you're playing dynasty one you're one. more advanced um and you're paying more attention but in our league our league of record i somebody i did throw a trade out there and I, I i didn't feel like the person like i wasn't i didn't feel like i was trying to treat the person stupid it was more like a redraft
1: is so different from dynasty
0: oh yeah uh, yeah. yeah but in in the in the context of pissing people off um the guy who actually drunken pirate won our league right Yeah, so so he he we we he did an offer for a player, and I don't remember what the player was. And I was like, Yeah, you know, man, if if I'm gonna make that trade, then this is what I'm willing to give. It wasn't like a, you know, I think you're stupid. Bite on this for this player. It was just like I'm not wanting to give up this player unless you give me this. You know what I mean? And but he took it like. Oh, you know, in what world? And he got, like, all freaking upset with me. And I was just like, look, dude, like, just don't – just you can push deny.
1: You can say no. <laughs> like, you're not going to convince me by, yeah. by by trying to bully me yeah. in so, a conversation. And thank you for bringing – like, that's exactly what happened to me. That is exactly what happened to me. Because I had – so I had this guy um, trying to get Kendra Miller for weeks, right? And I identified a trade. that, And that trade was questionable because, like, so – in a world where let's say if i was a contending team that's a gamble i might be willing to take because i we know like for, what for whatever reason like there's he there is value to him but it would be to a team that is like not going to use him as a starter is just going to put him on their bench and sees that person that player as a more valuable starter next year if for their contending team but if you're rebuilding you never trade for a 27 year old running back. I was very clear to the entire league when I bought the team that I was tearing it down and I was going to be in rebuild mode for a while. Um, so uh, I had not been countering any of his deals. I had just been rejecting them. And this time I was like, all right, I'm ready to like, you know, make a deal. Ready to see, and uh, I tell him, uh, "Hey, these these are the players on your roster that I'm willing to trade for, okay?" And in that list was Brevin Jordan, and it's like he's the backup tight end for the for the Texans. But Dalton Schultz signed a one year deal. He's he's shown some athleticism. He's you know potentially he could be pretty good, right? He sends me an offer of Brevin Jordan straight up for Kendra Miller (laughs) okay I counter with a deal that includes Brevin Jordan so I'm going to take this garbage off of his hands right the deal I believe was I offered him Kendra Miller Marvin Mims uh, and a second round pick for a high a high second round pick for Drake London and Brevin Jordan. So Brevin Jordan's the nothing and it's Drake London. So to me, I'm offering him essentially like a second round pick, a player who's worth a second round pick in Kendra Miller and a receiver with upside in Marvin Mims. And the deal, like if you put it through on the trade calculator on the website, keep trade cut is an equal deal. It's a fair deal. It's a little bit, it's even a little bit on his side. Um, he immediately hits me back with uh, laughing emoji, like, um, I can't, re- like, just calling the trade crazy. And I was, and rather than like, and it like, and started insulting the players and stuff in the deal. And so, um, and so obviously he doesn't want to give up Drake London for what I, you know, what I offered him. Okay, fine. Just say that. Just say, oh, I would like more for London, right? Mm-hmm. this is that hard but no he, this guy is a bully so he responded the way that your trade partner responded and uh <clears throat> um <clears throat> I, so i spent a little bit of time uh trying to get him to just like calm down <laughs> and, ex- <laughs> and explain his, his side and i was like so just asking him how how is it crazy just trying to get exactly what he thinks you know and rather than being able to just, like, articulate, like, this is what I think about these particular players, this is how I project them, he just, like, it was just short, abrasive, insulting, annoying, like, responses and stuff like that. And so, like, it eventually devolved into, like, like he started calling, he, start, he started using uh, racial slurs, homosexual slurs, mm. like, uh, it, it's, it's, it was really, I reported him to To the sleeper app, and and I keep I'm been eyeballing my email to make sure they're not asking me for anything so, mm-hmm. so that I can answer it and make sure that because that's that's stupid, that yeah. sh- that shouldn't happen that's that's ridiculous, and then it came like something uh I I screenshotted everything, um that was happening, at, at first and put it in the league chat the you know the the group chat for the league, and uh he started um he said something. And included little bro in there, and that uh, and so the team that I own used to be owned by one of the other league members' little brothers, so he thought that he was bullying somebody's little brother. that's what he thought he was doing mm. all the way up until then and it's like and so like if if I was that guy's brother, me and this guy'd be having words hmm. like. You thought you were going to talk that way to my brother? Right, right. <clears throat> let me show you how I like to talk. <laughs> 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 like, that was, that's just, it, it was so many things that were uncalled for and stuff like that. So, um, and all I did, all I did was ask him why he thought it was crazy. And so, and like this conversation devolved into like, you know, just like ridiculousness, hmm. absolute ridiculousness. So don't let that happen to you. Um, if you see somebody that's like that, that is acting that way just ignore him. You know. I had I was like I was bored at work, so I had time to play with him. Gotcha. And <laughs> like no, there was nothing about the the situation that upset me at all. It was all it was all kind of funny and and like and I and I mean I can take i ra- I'm a Cowboys fan. I can take a razzing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's fine. But to have some like it's don't put up with bullies. I guess that's probably another thing is don't put up with bullies. Like If you have somebody like that in your league, get them out, get them out. That
0: person, like those types
1: of human beings don't deserve to be around other people.
0: You know, um, we had a, when I went, when I was more heavily streaming, when I was a heavy streamer, I, I, um, you would have, there was, there was this, uh, the, the side to put up with right there. You have trolls come in and then they say certain things and, I think what people, and this I think goes to your point. What, what I I just wouldn't tolerate it. I would just I tell my moderators just ban them. Like, and then you had some streamers that were like, no, maybe, maybe you can turn that person. Maybe you can talk to him. I'm you not can. wasting my time. And, and and part of that was like, you know, but everybody around doesn't like it. Everybody that's watching it doesn't like. Nobody it. enjoys at, at, that at some point. Like. You got you, what you're doing is you're narrowing your focus on trying to win over one, one person, yeah,
2: and, and, and everyone
1: else's expense.
0: Yeah, at everyone else's expense is exactly it. So at, at that point, you just got to just cut ties and just and just like done. Sorry, at, your parents failed you. So that that <laughs> that goes along the same lines. Uh, Bezzy is telling, that, us that, he's yeah,
3: he's got. I'm a teacher. Yeah, I'm a teacher. I know exactly what you're talking about with the, all that. Uh, oh my gosh!
1: And that's your job, Bezzy. So that's your yep. maybe I should you know what I'm gonna send his uh, email information to you and you can get to him.
2: <laughs> yeah, nah,
3: nah. I'm good. No,
1: but uh, that's and that's that's the only place where like that kind of like corrective behavior should be taking place. Any like any of these like that's not what people jump onto your website or you know mm-hmm. to, to like listen to your lectures and your readings and stuff like that. That that's not why they're there is to see you help somebody that, you know, they wouldn't look twice at. In, yeah. You know, in the str- no, no. Let that person go figure their own problems out in their own world. Get out of mine.
0: Yeah. So, <clears throat> Bezzy, since you got to go here pretty soon, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, or you picks. Think you- Let's do picks um, for the day. Who you got today, dude?
3: Uh, I got Detroit, and I got Buffalo.
1: Okay, we're in line, yeah.
3: Yeah, Buffalo has that – I think whoever has the home field advantage between them is They beat them in just, Kansas
1: City earlier this year in, in week 14 in a week where Buffalo just had to have it. And Kansas City was – like Kansas City kind of needed the win too. And I thought they dominated that game. The, the final score was kind of – was close, um, closer than it should have been. And everybody remembers that game because of the Kadarius-Tony offsides. But mm-hmm. I thought the Bills dominated that game. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them beat the Chiefs by more than 10 points today.
3: Yeah, now the Buffalo's Super Bowl, uh, Bowl window has been closed in for the past uh, this season. I, and I feel like they'll start to really feel that pressure of it. And now they actually have a home game like, I don't know, they, I, they, they're they going to get it done. They should. I think they we'll will, see. too.
1: I think they're going to get there this year. I, I think they'll beat Baltimore next week. Um, I thought Houston just didn't have enough firepower yesterday. And uh, Josh Allen is uh, an elite level of firepower all by himself. Mm-hmm. Like, that run against the the, oh, the, yeah. the Steelers last week. Oh, my God.
3: That was crazy. Yep. And on the other side of things, I don't know how Tampa Bay got this fall, but, I mean, shit. You know, what's uh, funny <laughs> as I was uh,
1: re-listening. So, um, real quick. Um, the person I was um, getting into a beef with, is a person that I traded with earlier in the year, mm. and I got Sam Laporta off of him for uh, um, Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> I traded I, I traded him Romeo Dobbs, and I got back Sam Laporta um, in a, in Dynasty, and um, so I was going back listening to podcasts trying to figure out if I had talked about you know the trade and stuff like that, and I was on the Buccaneers early this year talking about how they're they're a really tough team and like if you look at the the bucks they're um this is basically the same team that won the super bowl with baker mayfield instead of tom brady so that's a huge step down yep but that team's still really good true
3: yeah it's just the qb situation i don't see them getting past today you I don't know.
1: either. I, I, I tell you what if um, if they have if they had been playing in Tampa Bay instead of Detroit, I, I would have had a hard time picking this game. I would have really had a hard time picking Detroit to win. Um, but I think because they're gonna be playing in the dome uh, where Detroit just plays really fast. Um, and also the fact that like the first time they got together, uh, Jameer Gibbs didn't play. So the Tampa Bay players don't have experience in playing against his speed and quickness. I think that's going to be an advantage for Detroit today. So yeah, I I've got Detroit.
0: Do you do you also have Buffalo? I do.
1: Do you know yeah. what Brian has? Same. Brian has Buffalo and Detroit.
0: Okay.
3: Yeah. I think my Super Bowl pick was uh I don't know. The Cowboys, uh, obviously the Cowboys yeah, it was good. I think it was the yeah. same as It was Cowboys and Ravens. Mine's the Cowboys. Was mine
1: the Bills. I have the Bills going. So.
3: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. The Ravens, I think it's going to be Ravens and uh, Buffalo. Yeah, it's going and to be, that's going to be a great game next week. I don't know. I think Vol, uh, I don't know. Lamar Jackson. I think this is well. He's going to have to. Who Lamar
1: Jackson is a great player, man. He's you know what? He, what it's funny though is it really, really, really reminds me of watching Michael Vick play, because mm-hmm. when you watch their offense, it's all yeah. about Lamar. It's all about Lamar Jackson. If you can put pressure on him and also close off his running lanes, their team just sputters. They're just, they are just, they're not special. Like they don't have a, a, they don't have a special game plan. They don't have like, I like Zay Flowers a lot, but uh, and they're supposed to get uh, Mark Andrews back this week. But without Mark Andrews, I, I don't feel like they have a special game breaking player down, you know, that Lamar can really count on, you know, play after play after play. Um, so like playing that style of football against, um, a solid defense. I don't, I just don't think it works out in the playoffs. And we've seen that before. Like the Texans were in the game yesterday. Like if they had been Mm -hmm. able to score that touchdown or, or even, you know, score at the end of the first half right there to go ahead, I think that it would have been a different game in the second half. Um,
3: and, yeah, Houston's and, been impressive, man. I thought they were going to lose against Cleveland, and <laughs> I didn't. I,
1: di- I actually did not. I went five and one in the in the wild card round with
3: only the the Cowboys failing me. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. For me, it was the Cleveland. I thought they were going to win at least one game, have a game. I thought it was going to be oh, you got man, Joe Flacco going against his old team. Yeah, if Flacco you know,
1: had beaten the Texans in the wild card round, I would have picked them to beat the Ravens (laughs) because they did it already. They beat Baltimore in Baltimore this year.
3: Yeah. That's that AFC uh, move for rivalry. That's another thing
1: is like, if you like Baltimore um, has had some really great wins this year, but they've also had some really low moments um, that are just like, to me are just as bad as some of the low moments that we've seen. Like San Francisco had one. Literally, they had one bad game all year long. I thought mm-hmm. Baltimore had a few bad games and escaped a couple of times. I just thought they had more impressive wins than San Francisco did, and they won heads up obviously. Um, but Baltimore, like they had that loss in Pittsburgh that where they had the drop fest. I don't know if you've seen the um, the the drop highlights from that game, but that w- that was epic. Um, yeah. And they've just had some other lulls when teams are able to slow their offense down. Um, they're, uh, they're just, they're not on the same team, but yeah, uh, that's why I, I I don't think they're going to go is because like I said, they just, they revolve too much around uh, Lamar Jackson. And um, that's just, that's not, I, I don't, yeah. it's funny because the bills kind of revolve around Josh Allen too, but the bills also have James Cook and Stephon Diggs mm-hmm.
3: and, Man, James Cook really came to his own the second half he of the sure season there.
1: It was it was nice to watch.
3: Yeah, I've been looking at him like pool drafting and I was like, uh, I don't know. And mm-hmm. man, this is the season that I should have drafted him man, But it's all good. Uh <laughs> I tried
1: I tried to trade for him. Mm-hmm. I tried really, yeah. really hard to trade for him. and That was another thing that, that I said. Like if you go back and you listen to week four of our podcast, man, I was on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I told I, I called uh, Amari Cooper's best year in, in week four this year. I'm super proud of that one. And like fantasy wise, it wasn't his his best numbers year because he didn't score enough touchdowns. But he had the most yards of his career. He had the most yards per target of his career and the most yards per catch of his career. The most and the most yards per catch of his career by over two yards.
3: Yeah, it didn't feel like that when I had him on my team this year, but, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, at certain time. Well, if um, you're talking about the time when Dorian Thompson Robinson was starting, yeah, that wasn't very good. But as long as he had Flacco or Deshaun Watson, he was really good. And actually, um, while we're on that, Deshaun Watson, I think, is is a huge sleeper for next year. Um, Mm -hmm. He was actually playing pretty decent football, and he got hurt. And he played an entire game with his shoulder busted before they actually yeah. shut him down. Um, so he, some of his numbers, I think, look worse than than he will play next year. So like he's on definitely on my my radar.
3: Yeah, that's that's interesting. Is there any questions y'all wanted to ask me about like the league or any picks or anything? Yeah, else? actually,
0: how was your first experience with the uh, drafting league? Guard? Looking forward to next year.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, this nice. is the folks league. This is a. I've always it's always been two write-outs, two running backs. Is the folks league where I've done three write-outs and then full PPL also like this is the highest scoring games I've ever been a part of, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And um, I yeah, know it, it, big teams also like I don't know it's just it, it was interesting it was I, I don't know a uh, vital two receivers kind of let me down this year but you know
0: <laughs> so did you have fun?
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I thought I was gonna finish last because I, I had like an eight game losing streak or something crazy like that. So um not, so the reason I named my team, so y'all Cali, right? Yes. Okay, y'all have in and out. So we I'm in Texas, we have a water bubble. A burger, yeah. Is, yeah. So I kinda named it after that. But <laughs> originally <Okay. but> <laughs> so that's what my usual name that's and crazy. all that comes from. But yeah, so it. yeah, we you call know, it water beats. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> now it makes yeah, sense. Uh,
3: yeah, so then in the middle of the season, so uh, right before, I, I changed my name to What a Team, to I Put a Trash Can, so What a Trash Team. Yeah, you, know, I, to try to, you know, but, <laughs> you yeah, know, it's cool. Uh, Texas no, is pretty nice. No, you know what?
1: Our league is super competitive. So mm-hmm. like, th- that happens. That, th- it feels like that happens every year to somebody. So, like, um, this year it was, um, like, my uncle had a pretty poor season and uh, Slim for the shady for the Sims ballers for the first time yeah. like he's he has been a a final four competitor um, for each year up until this year like this was our fourth season together and this was the first time he didn't make the final four
2: mm.
3: yeah this league is very active uh, compared to the adult home league I have so it's pretty nice change of pace and I'm always really competing in the adult league so this is more competitive as well nice to. Shelping my skills, I guess.
1: Yeah, yes, it is. This league is is a really good league, actually. It's um, he's he's correct. It's it, compared to the other <sighs> leagues that I play in, the, our league is super active. Like uh, our waiver wires are always dry. Like the mm-hmm. the best players are always gone. They're they're never there, and usually like well before they even pop off because our our player like our players are really good at at watching out and seeing that players are trending, you know, and, and jumping on the train before they, you know, it takes off. But, Do you plan on doing this again next year with us? He's said, "Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. 100%." Yeah. Right, he's, right.
0: he's part of the team now. Yeah, you grandfathered in, man. Yeah, Only so, you can yeah. kick you out or if you, you know, make Ken mad and
2: you <laughs> slander <laughs> and of weekly trade I, there,
3: there,
1: was a lot, there was a philosophy um, that I, I listened to this podcast a couple weeks ago. That was um, a dynasty startup podcast. Like all they talked about were like um, dynasty startup settings and stuff like that. How to run a dynasty. You know, um, how to run a league. Uh, excuse me, I I think I said podcast in there, but I meant league, Uh, how to run a dynasty league and how to start one up. And um, this guy that runs probably like 20 leagues has written a couple of books and stuff like that. And uh, like he had some really smart things to say. And his philosophy on it is that he doesn't kick anybody out. Like if you want to leave, that's fine, you know, but he doesn't like, he doesn't kick people out he gives them like the opportunity to like, um, unless collusion, collusion is the, that'll get you kicked out automatically. But like for attitude and stuff like that, no, it's it's fine. Like we can always we can mute you, or, <laughs> or <laughs> as long as as long as you're playing by the rules and as long as you are paying your dues on time like that and stuff like that, you're not like uh, doing anything to hurt people. Like no, I don't. I'm not gonna. I would never do that. So,
3: yeah, I'll yeah. We, we
1: actually it's funny because we had that. A couple, I and it was it was so real quick. It was super fun to see my family um, for my uh, for my nephew's birthday party um, because uh, like we get together, we talk about um, that's usually when I see them. Uh, so I two of the guys in the league uh, and we talk about fantasy football and I got to be like, hey, so what do you think about Murder Valians? Um, and this like the look on on Nico's face was perfect. He just goes. That guy did a 180, man, because two years ago they were like that guy was making trade offers and like bad trades and stuff like that to the point where they were asking if I was going to do something about it. If I was going to like he's like, hey, man, we got to get somebody who's not somebody else in the league because he's making trades that like disrupt the power of the, of the league. And <laughs> so and I told him, I was like, dude, he's like he he's he just started playing. Give him like no. He, like, first of all, he's my friend second of all he pays his dues and and third like he's active he's active in the league that's that's like that's what you want from from a league member so um, now you know two years later uh, he listens to our podcast all the time and he beats us to players on the waiver wire and don't send him bad trades because he'll send you one right back <laughs> 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 and he made the playoffs this year so like um, so it's you just gotta let things play out.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Make people follow the rules and let things play out.
3: Yeah, no, that I, I like that. That was a, man. It was so much fun. All the trades that we, you and me, can with, <laughs> with the with the. We see it was always around Garrett Wilson or Calvin <laughs> it <was> <laughs> yeah,
1: I made a lot of deals revolving around Garrett Wilson this year. <laughs> I <did>. and, <laughs> man,
3: I should have taken that soon. Man, I should have taken some of those deals soon. Looking back on it but hey yeah. it's important
1: yeah. to look back um that's the best thing you can do because i um like I, I brought up that trade from 2020 uh, about justin jefferson and i do that every year i go back if i like if i'm if i won i'm not looking back you know uh mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, we'll just do what we did again yeah. next year but um when you come up short it's important to look back and see if there was something that you did um i think to um to alter your season and see if there's something that you could learn from it, you know, like poor, poor, trades and stuff like that. And so like, and I can definitely say that after, you know, several years of, of doing this, you know, auction style, um, and playing in a competitive league and, um, getting used to like how seasons play out and stuff like that. I, I feel like I've gotten much smarter, much more patient with, um, with players and stuff like that. And you'll learn things like that because you'll, you'll look back and you go, man, I shouldn't have traded that guy. I shouldn't have traded yeah. that guy away. Or, man, I should have traded for that guy. Man, I shouldn't have held on to that guy so long. Think, d- different stuff.
3: That's like what that. happened to you. Also, uh, this is also the first auction draft. So, man, that was a lot of fun. I got so TJ Hockinson. I got TJ Hockinson for, like, 12 bucks or something like that. And That's right. was-
1: <laughs> when kittle goes for 25 that feels pretty good you know and,
3: and yeah. the,
0: on the auction draft like i think one thing collaboratively we could have done better which nobody was hopping on the wagon i think bezzy you tried once to collaborate with me on it and it just didn't work out in your favor but like these guys that do the auto draft with yeah with, with with the, so <laughs> so with the auto draft the, the mechanism automatically bids oh players to <laughs> the, the, right the, the, the so foreseen cool. <laughs> like value of it. And so for me, I was like, it kept messing up. It kept messing up getting a good deal on players because this auto draft would come in, uh, drive the price up. So <laughs> for me, I was like, you know what? Let's just throw players out there that nobody wants and fill the roster up. And, and then we don't have to deal with that anymore. Well, I,
1: what I had mentioned earlier was – or not earlier. What I mentioned when we were talking about the draft, when we were getting, leading into the draft process, is that that is definitely a strategy that you should be um, employing is that you are nominating players on your turn that you are not trying to buy. Because mm-hmm. your goal when you're nominating should be to get money off the board not, yes. not, not not to get a player. You're not nominating a player because you want to get that player. You get that player as soon as they come on the block. Whenever they come on the block, you nominate a player because you want to make sure that while everybody has money, that they spend money on a player
0: you don't want. So mm-hmm. that's and and, and it
2: uh, yeah, took I, me mean
3: like halfway through that draft to figure that out. As soon as I got JSN, I, and I was it was like an auto draft, and and I realized I got JSN. I spent too much money on him. I'm like, uh oh. Every but year that, I do
1: that, man. Every year I sp- I overspend on some player where it's like I thought I was – it's like I bought him because I thought this was less than he should have went for. But then at the end of the draft, I'm like, man, I really wish I hadn't spent that money on that player and I could have spent it on two other guys usually is what happens. It, that's usually what happens is like I spend a, money on a player that's like somewhere in the like $25 to $35 range. Like this last year it was Cooper Cup. And I bought Cooper Cup because he was just going for too cheap, I thought. And I didn't mm-hmm. want him. And if I hadn't bought Cooper Cup, I could have ended up with uh, the quarterback that I wanted and a couple of the receivers that I wanted. Like, I could have ended up with A-Chan. I could have ended up with Zay Flowers. Like, I could have had all of these guys. Instead, I, had, I ended up with Cooper Cup. So I I'd identified, like, so that's the thing. is like, if you identify a bunch of guys that you want on your team don't mm-hmm. give up the opportunity to have them just because some premium player you think is going for less than he should. Save your money. Yeah. yeah.
3: No. Uh, and I most <clears throat> this year uh, when I was doing the auction, I got most of the players I wanted. Like, uh, but it's just they didn't tone out. Like Tony Powell yeah. was a little bit. Of I was on board too, game.
1: man, and he that he wrecked us all.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Every, yeah I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, and then. And then I thought Geno Smith was going to be a lot better at the beginning of the season, and he was kind of hit or miss. Uh, I don't know. He was he'd be have good weeks, and then some other weeks he'd be okay, and I don't know. Wasn't Freshman, really consistent.
0: Sophomore players are always tough, and Geno's not technically a sophomore player. Starting, he is though.
3: Yeah, as a starter. He yeah, does. and and
0: and so like even like Nakua next year, I think is going to drive a high value, and I'm not even sure that. He, I would pick him up again. So I pick him for up for the valid,
1: Maybe not for the value that he's going to go for.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I feel like it's going to be high. It's going to be high. And there's going to be a lot of like sophomore slump going on with that player could, next year. For sure.
1: Like it's because it's rare. Like it's not very often that you have players, you know, just go off like Justin Jefferson and Jamar chase. That's why they're the dynasty wide receivers. Number one. And number two is because you like, they're just, they're super rare. Um, cause if, if it were, you know, just like what's the how, how am i going to say this if you could just like project the next guy to do it rather than paying the value for justin jefferson and jamar chase you just take the 15th guy off the board because he's cause he's going to do it eventually right but that's just not how it works so um <clears throat> people are definitely going to be paying for for puka nakua uh and um it's going to be like when justin jefferson and jamar chase were going into their second year and it'll be disappointing if he doesn't put up numbers like that
0: yeah so my disappointing one wasn't if sophomore player it was actually travis kelsey
1: oh boy yeah uh, now when i yeah
0: yeah when i took him too i was just kind of like shoot i feel like he's going to not produce this year just when like- you drafted him you you immediately asked for uh brian
1: and i to to give you some like confidence yeah the- <laughs> yeah like, should i have done that yeah and uh-
0: <laughs> No, I think even even later on, I asked like he he should at least win me one game this year. That's right? what you said exactly. Yeah. Was
1: you th- do you think Kelsey will win me a game this year? And I and I did. I said I said exactly. I think um, Kelsey will have a, a week where he scores like twenty five points, and your team only scores a, like a hundred, and you beat your hundred your opponent like hundred to ninety four or something like something to that effect. Yeah, and it's like K- Kelsey was obviously the reason you won. I thought that that would happen, and it didn't. No, it did not. (laughs) not. It did not. Like he had some good games. He had some really good games at the beginning. Like the first six weeks, I think he was still like putting up chunk games in between 15 and 20 points. But he never had that 30 point game.
0: And uh, I don't even think he hit 25 this year. I'd have to I'd have to double check. I think he had one game. where It was like 38 points or something like that. But did he did he? I don't remember
1: him having that monster game this year where he scored a bunch of touchdowns because that typically happens every year. Um, and I just don't recall it happening this season.
3: Um. Yeah, you know my little goal was uh, in this in this league at least was to try to beat one of y'all, oh, three of <laughs> y'all at least. I think you beat. And me I two. beat. Wade. yeah, I beat. Wade twice. I don't know. Did I beat you, Kendall? Did he beat me barely? I think I don't.
1: you beat me barely when i my team was going through its uh, mid season slump. Oh, and I, yeah. I needed that loss too. I was I was rooting for you, Bezzy. on that. I page. remember him him rooting for Bezzy. Uh, yeah No, actually, I think I won that week because I remember you rooting oh. for Bezzy. No, wait, no, I did lose because I was mad at you.
3: Oh, that's right. It was the one point win. It was yes.
1: The... It was yeah. It was a. Uh, that's right. I I lost on a Garrett Wilson fumble. Yes.
3: Mm. That's what it was. I lost on the
1: Wilson fumble at the end of that game. Yeah, and like it was a Brian such a meaningless fumble too. Like they were so out of that yeah. game; the game was so fucking over. And he just, oh, hold on, I gotta, I got I gotta beat Ken's fantasy team real quick. I mean,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not. Nah, um. And then with Brian, I was pretty competitive with them. Like I had one of the highest. I think it was like one of the highest scoring games. I still lost, but it was pretty competitive. So that was like my secondary goal.
1: So Kelsey was a monster the first seven weeks of the season. First seven weeks of the season, actually eight. The first eight weeks of the season, he didn't score less than 14.8 PPR fantasy points. And then, uh, I mean, then he had a dud game against Miami, on, and that was the, um, the Germany game. Then they had the week off. And then he still, dude, like, honestly, dude. I he was decent, but I don't crazy. know if he was People, worth the value no, I paid no, for. No, 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 no. I mean, no, like, no, because Tra- what Travis Kelsey goes for. Like, but this is still, like, I mean, what did he finish as? Uh, he finished as the tight end number three.
0: And we're killing him. Like, a Travis Kelsey. Well, no, we're not. Like, I, we're killing the price tag is what we're killing. No, the, I, no, price no I, tag. I agree.
1: But, I mean, even, it's like, even still, like. When you're so my when I am drafting, right? I'm not trying to get the number one tight end, I'm trying to get a top five tight end. That's what I want. And so, to me, when you pay for Travis Kelsey, it's not that you are expecting him to be like he doesn't have to be the wide receiver 10 in addition to being the tight end one. Because he did that a couple of times where he was like, Travis Kelsey was also your best wide receiver. Like, um, That's what I was paying for. And, well, but <laughs> and to me, I, I'm not. Even when I'm paying for Travis Kelsey, th- I'm paying for the guarantee that he's going to be top five almost every week. Yeah. And he was. He was, if you go back and you look from, so he didn't play week one. Okay. So, so not first seven weeks. It was six out of the first seven weeks. Okay. Tight end two. Tied, excuse me Titan 5 Titan 2 Titan 8 Titan 3 Titan 1 Titan 1 <laughs> like that's the, you got what you paid for okay. all, most of the time and then like he had the and this wasn't even this wasn't even a dud game, but he scores 14 and a half points and is the tight end fourteen. That is a crazy week. That I I, I don't even know how that I'd have to I want to go back and look at week week eight and see who the tight ends were that were in front of him because that's insane. He went six for fifty eight that day, and is this oh is this a I'm sorry this isn't PPR this is my I'm looking at the wrong one this is tight end premium I'm sorry I'm like so it's slightly off it's it's, it's slightly off uh, let me go back to the go back to actual PPR.
3: Um... In the meantime, uh, I'm going to head out guys. Uh, This was a lot of fun talking to y'all. Always Um, fun talking to you, dude. Yeah. Anytime, maybe next time. Uh, I don't know. I'll let you know. Uh, Just message me. Um, Before you go, Bezzy, I appreciate
0: you uh, telling us that your goal was to beat every one of us when you played against us. That's like a, that's like an element That that um, from from uh, host to viewer that that a lot of people don't see. You know what I mean. That when a viewer comes in and starts participating, part yeah, when they part start participating as part of the community, and they cross that line from viewer to community, like that is sometimes on a lot of time a goal of theirs is to really be that active participant. And so I appreciate you sharing that um yeah so i'm, I'm excited doing
3: that. To when we do, uh, if we we're gonna do pickums, hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah we'll i definitely I, have I, that in
1: there the the pickums will definitely be available for next season
3: yeah all right well nice seeing you guys uh, have a good you. day buddy thank you Bye.
1: um so to end Ooh. the travis kelsey thing travis kelsey murdered you in the playoffs tied in 20 20 and 34 but he was hurt um so, I don't I am I, I'm not as down on him uh, if he if as long as he decides to come back uh, as a lot of people are and in fact honestly this might be like the first I might actually get get him next year cuz like I might actually target him because he, I don't think he'll be the Titan 1 off the board next year.
0: Yeah, he'll probably go with a pretty good value. Like, yeah, he'll yeah.
1: actually go at a value. Yeah, I think. And I and he's going to do this again. If he comes back next year, he's going to do this again. And, and that, th- and those finishes are just absurd. Like the amount, like if you, anybody, you know, if somebody's listening they play on sleeper, um, they color code the, the statistics and the level of green in his, in, on his, uh, statistic board is just like, you don't see it with any other tight end still like go look at Sam Laporta, you know, go, go look at uh, like, uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, if you want to. And th- and those are guys like Hawkinson got hurt so unlikely that he goes as the tight end one, but he would have, I'm pretty sure he would have next year if he hadn't gotten hurt. And if reports are good during camp and stuff like that about his health, I think he still might um, be because of the, the amount of passing that they they're expected to do in Minnesota, that Kevin O'Connell offense.
0: So um, just as just so like everybody knows, um, if you're tuning in on Spotify or you're watching this podcast and you feel like, you know, what's the point of tuning in um, in the offseason when we do these offseason things? Um, I I believe, and you could probably elaborate on this, um, we are going to be doing like a rookie comeuppings uh, from the college where Ken's going to give us a lot of college analysis. We'll have on dedicated players. episodes for quarterbacks, like, running backs, wide receivers, yeah. tight ends. Coming in from college. Yeah. So look out for these players in your fantasy drafts. Yeah, we'll help so, you get ready
1: for the draft for yeah. sure.
0: And and like having those those in depth analysis might have helped us predict the Nakua's out there and whatnot um, when doing that draft because I picked him up off the waiver. I nobody watched a little bit of his film, and I liked him,
1: but I at the point where I had gotten to his film, um, we were like we're closing in on draft, and so I was really trying to zero in on making sure that my top end draft picks were good. But there's a lot. But his his tape was good, and there's and so we're we'll, we're gonna go through plenty of, of wide receiver tape, and we'll we'll definitely get to the Tankdells and the Pukunakuas and the Jaden Reeds this year.
0: And the point though is he was on your radar. He was. You just ran out of time. Yeah, he
1: was on my radar, and so. like I wanted to pick him, and I wished I had just had a little more faith in the um, the Rams rebuild. Mm, yeah, uh, And I think that's probably mostly what it was that kept me from selecting the earlier was that I just wasn't that hot for the Rams offense going to 2023 at that point.
0: Yeah, for me, it's always been it's Sean McVay. He's going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the reason we had a bad season was the injuries uh, mostly to the offense. And you line. were tearing it down. Yeah.
1: And, like you were like you were completely retooling the team. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we'll be watching and we'll try and pay attention to stuff like that. We'll also, um, try and identify, um, uh, the coaching trees. I want, I definitely want us to to do that Mm. and we'll talk about, uh, as as things settle down with the coaches and that, you know, the teams get their, um, their organizations in line with how they want to move forward in 2024 We'll definitely be talking about how it's settled, where the new faces are, where interesting matchups might be
0: because of, you know, uh, former ties and stuff like that. And then, and then we could also do, uh, you mentioned it and I have never even put two thoughts into it, but, um, until now, um, a GM analysis.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: If we've, we've identified that here's your tripod, your GM, your head coach, and your quarterback.
1: And here's where they come from. And if
0: you want to, you can even throw owner in the mix there too somewhere. You know, and and uh, I think
1: it depends on how like you, there's certain owners. I think there's I, only I a think few it's like a pass or they,
0: fail type situation. There's only like
1: a handful of owners that ever talk.
0: Right, and that's what I mean. Like GM in the way, out of the way. GM in the way, out of the way. GM in or not GM. Owner, owner in the way, there out of the way. way. Like, totally you know, agree. like totally agree. And, and and we can start the hands analysis on, hands of, off. you yeah. know uh from there. Hands on, hands off. That's a good one too. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, so I, I'm actually pretty excited about our off season podcasting because I feel like you know we do f- uh, fantasy football, and now we're going to get it's into a theories. And yes, yes. now we're going to get yes, into theories, exactly. right? Which is, right. and a lot of people are like longer
1: form conversation. And
0: and 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 for a lot of people, they might not understand why that theories tag is in that. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, because we crunch it during the
1: regular season. You know, like I look back at all the episodes. There wasn't one that reached two hours this year. We were an hour and 45 minutes for every episode. And we're going through every game. So we mm-hmm. don't have a, we're, we're not taking a ton of time during the regular season to get into theories. This is when we like to talk about stuff like that. And we've been talking for two and a half hours now. And when we don't have a bunch of games to talk about right, all of a sudden. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and it's like we've been talking about it for two and a half hours. And like there we haven't even touched what's happening in fantasy,
0: you know, today. Mm-hmm. well um, there's not there's there's, not much just a draft king lineup and i've chosen to kind of a
1: lot of money out there there is
0: uh, but i I, i've not been as an active participant in fantasy right now because i feel like there's only so many players you can pick up and so that's why i'm here for you uh, yeah and and yeah (laughs) absolutely and and for me though it's just like i need to bank on people making a lot more poor decisions when they're doing their drafts, you know what I mean? And now it's easy to walk into a lucky decision when you're playing in the DraftKings. So, so since we're talking about DraftKings, why don't you go ahead and share us your lineup and my cash
1: lineup and my tournament lineup. So um we'll start with cash and uh <clears throat> so uh my cash lineup, I had to go with Josh Allen at $8,000 uh quarterback. Um Josh has I don't think he scored less than 24 fantasy points in six point for passing touchdowns scoring all year long. So you're in in cash you're looking to get 3x back on your players and so Josh Allen is just like he's just money because he could also give you five. He's just 8000 is just too cheap to, for this slate to pay for Josh Allen. He should have been like 9500. Um at running back <laughs> obviously Christian McCaffrey and he paid off last night. He was awesome. He just, that's just, he's just probably the best non quarterback in fantasy all time. I all like it's, it's like him and Marshall Falk to me Um, at 6,300. My other running back is James cook. Um, I spent, uh, I think it was, I can't see. Let me see. $6,900, my first receiver was Brandon Ayuk, did not have a great game last night. Uh, The rain seemed to affect the 49ers receivers and passing game more than it affected the the Packers, which surprised me a lot, actually. Um, Then at $6,800, I've got Rishi Rice going today Uh, at $3,700, saving some money on Josh Reynolds. And uh, for people who don't know, Josh Reynolds um, has seen seven targets in consecutive games, and uh, I think we all thought that his uh, usage might increase because of Sam Laporta's situation, but it's actually more Khalif Raymond um without uh, like they're not interchanging their third and fourth wide receivers as much in detroit with Khalif raymond hurt so uh, reynolds has seen a lot more play and i think he'll he'll have another big day today i should say big day but he'll have another day like for a guy who goes for 3700 dollars, he'll have another big day today um and then my tight end is uh k Dotton at 3500 um he came up big last week against philadelphia and um detroit is just like they're just very beatable and they're secondary everywhere um and then my flex play was a cheap play and came through for me last night and that was tucker craft for 3100 uh came through with a couple catches and a touchdown while also um still losing the game so thanks for that tucker appreciate you and then um the bills defense at 2800 um kansas city had their worst turnover margin in the Andy Reid era this year. Um, they committed, I believe, three turnovers in the first meeting with Buffalo, and that was in Kansas City. Um, Buffalo is going to be fired up. Uh, they are the hottest team in football, for people who don't know. They have they have the longest current win streak in football. Um, and they've been playing playoff football for six weeks now. So they're just – they're They're ready. Um, I really like them today. Then let's move on to let's move on to our cash, our tournament. Excuse me. Um. All right. So. My tournament lineup uh, for quarterback, $6,300. I've got Jared Goff today playing at home. Jared Goff.
0: This is your tournament lineup? Yes, my tournament
1: lineup. Jared Goff at home against uh, defenses that ranked, I think it was like uh, passing defenses that ranked like 20th or worse. Averaged something like 27 points per game. Um, So I expect him to have a good day today. He played really well last week uh and i and i thought that was a tougher opponent i thought the rams were uh, a much tougher opponent than uh what he's going to get from tampa bay today inside the dome um my running backs are exactly the same as they were in cash i've got McCaffrey and james cook they just they felt like the best players on the slate to me and then they just fit price wise so i don't like i couldn't i just couldn't see playing anybody else um at wide receiver to pair with my quarterback i've got a monare st brown to stack back excuse me uh, also pairing with him i've got josh reynolds in this lineup as well and jamison williams so i've got all three uh, of the lions wide receivers here and my thinking is is that when you have jamison williams and josh reynolds together like combined they are a $7300 when you put them both together, I'm confident they're going to pay you back four to five times. I, it, one of them might score twice while the other one doesn't score. So putting, to me, putting them both together is a really strong play today because you just, you're just you just trying to get the points for your dollars. And they're both so cheap and you have to fill slots that it just, I, I, to me, I think it works. Um, <clears throat> then uh, to stack back against them, I've got Mike Evans. Because uh, Mike Evans is due. He scored 13 touchdowns this year, but he hasn't scored in three straight games. So, um, Chris Godwin actually has scored in two of the last three games. So, maybe I'll just be wrong and it'll be another Godwin day. Yeah. But I think it's, but Evans has still been getting his targets, still looks good on the field. So, uh, I'm going to count on Mike Evans to have a big day for the Bucs, who are going to have to score a lot of points. Like, I, I kind of see this game going the way that the, the Dallas Green Bay game went. Um, like it, Baker Mayfield is going to have to play an excellent game for that not to happen, but he's more likely to have, you know, Dak like turnovers than he is to play an excellent game today, I think. Um, so I think Mike Evans could score a bunch of garbage time points. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we're counting on there. (laughs) Um, I played Tucker craft at my tight end position. So we all know how that worked out very finely. And then I've got, the Bills defense at $2,800. They felt like the best deal this week. So uh, we are currently with uh, having two players played. We are currently at 41.7 points. So we're, we're currently, and and that's off of 11. Let's see, just over 12,000 of our budget. So we're currently coming in at about three and a half times our, uh, um what we spent. Which would, uh, if we are able to keep that up, will definitely put us in a position to make some money today.
0: Okay, so what about a Just Sunday lineup?
1: Um, I did not not do a Just Sunday lineup. Um, So last week
0: they split the – the reason that we did those – um split last well, week I, i'm just not, i'm not going from a standpoint of of trying to justify what we did last week but for the viewers who are just tuning in uh-huh. or somebody who might just be tuning in for a podcast i did not build one for and, just and, sunday and, and, and
1: the reason i didn't and i was getting to that the reason i didn't build okay. one for just sunday is because the cash the money like the big tournament that you want to play in those tournaments were saturday sunday this gotcha. week yeah. whereas last week they weren't last week they they um the smaller pots were Saturday through Monday and equal the, I think that was slightly bigger on Sunday, but the big pots were, were dedicated Saturday, dedicated Sunday. So I didn't do that this week. That's, and that's the reason why guys is the money was on Saturday, the Saturday, Sunday slate. So that's what I played.
0: Okay. So for the viewers that want to line up for just today, cause you play today too. Um, I do have one to offer. Yeah. Today. Nice. And, and, um, I could typically get about 130, 140 fantasy points. So I'm not, like, out there guruing it, but here's your lineup for uh, this Sunday. Someone might want to just roll with you, dude. So for this, yeah, for these four teams that that are uh, out there. So I got Jared Goff as my quarterback. Um, I got Pacheco as my running back. Uh, White as a running back. uh, Josh Reynolds, uh, wide receiver. Godwin, wide receiver. St. Brown, wide receiver. Uh, Travis Kelsey as my tight end, um, Otten as my flex, and the Chiefs defense. That's nice. <clears throat> so go out there. We'll go forth. Do you want to throw one together? We can... I mean, we can... So I'll I'll tell you what. I'll start building one.
1: And how about we move on to the most entertaining thing that we came here to talk about today? <laughs> the Star Wars?
0: Yeah! <laughs> I knew you'd know. <laughs> okay, so... Tee <laughs> us um, uh, um, up. Tee us up. So, so we... Me and Ken, like... We, listen, this is a... This is a you know a uh, uh, couch fan you know or whatever type podcast. So sometimes we veer away from football. We talk just the stuff that we're interested in. Now that you guys got your football. Here's some of our other interests. One of them happens to be Star Wars. <clears throat> and throughout the years of me and Ken podcasting and talking about this stuff, before we zeroed in on just fantasy, and we would just get together and bullshit on on microphones. Um, we would always talk entertainment. And um, books, movies, shows, like just the stuff that we're doing because we're both readers and we both like, um, like the silver screen and the the whatever it is, the gold screen. Um, and one of the things that we that comes up in conversation a lot is Star Wars, the state of Star Wars, um, and the books and what where they should go. And one of the things we I mentioned was. I would love to see a movie and you can make it a rated R movie um, where we just kind of explore the dark side of, of star Wars. And um, we both read the Dart the Darth Bane trilogy series, Um, the clone Wars series, not the movie, but the clone Wars series um, has Darth Bane in it. Very like you get just like a, a tiny bit of it where yoda's visiting the sith ar- archives and he comes up in a holocron um, and he's talking to to yoda through the force and yoda's like i'm not afraid of you blah 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 and but you know yoda's looking into the rule of 2 and where it starts and that's where it starts the rule of 2 starts with darth bane mm-hmm. it actually might have started before no, darth he created bane. it. Uh, I think he put it back into practice. Um, I don't think so. No,
1: I don't. Th- I believe he created the rule too. I believe I'm, if and and I just finished this the last novel, okay and his apprentice accuses him of going against the rule of two and he and he tells her no, I've abided by every rule every um, aspect of the rule of
0: two since I created it. But like, mm. he says that specifically since yeah. I okay. created it. So, and and uh, so Darth Bane he goes in there and he. This is back when there's a bunch of Sith running around, Dark Jedi's and Jedi's alike, and and there's just as many Sith as Jedi. Yeah. at this point, and and he just wipes them all out. He wipes them all out. That's not a spoiler. That's we all know that that had to have come at some point. There's only two now. We yeah, because there's only two, and um, you get an idea of how that splinters. Uh, you know what I mean? Why like as if there's a rule of two? Why is Darth Bane or why is you know Darth Maul out there? Why is uh, Count Dooku and Darth City. How come there's more than two? Like it, it goes into exploring how that happens, and and how it's even encouraged too in the books, um, uh, because going from the rule of two, you 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 want to um, make sure your apprentice is trying to overthrow you. At the the same time, the idea is is to continue to grow the power.
1: Yeah, that's the idea. The idea is to continue to grow the power. The rule of two is uh, all of the power of of the of the dark side and the, the, you know, the Sith is embodied by two people. You have one well, actually one. Yeah, you have the over the Lord who embodies the power and then you have the the apprentice who craves the power. And the idea is that the apprentice um, learns everything from the Lord and t- um, takes the mantle from the Lord through combat while the Lord is still at the height of his power so that the new Lord is known to be stronger.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's how I interpreted it, too. Yeah. And and so... Um... That's where we think this whole uh, movie series should start, with going back into the old republic, and and exploring the the Darth Bane rule of two, mm-hmm. um, and turning that into a into a movie series, correct? That's, yes, that? yes, okay, yes.
1: Yeah, I think you. I, I think you can absolutely do an amazing trilogy with um, where you where you just you. Like, seriously, just use those novels as the base. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, don't, don't yell at to trick anybody. Just pay the right people, get the rights yeah, to the book. Yeah. Right. Um, and just recreate that story. Don't, don't do anything stupid. Don't deviate like, from the source material. No, don't deviate from the source material. Like, there are, like, the percentage of people, excuse me, I should say the percentage of income. For that franchise that actually comes from the nerds who would complain is extremely small. The majority of people who are going to pay for this thing to be a success have never read this book. Mm. They're not going to read the book. Even after some nerd points out that they already did this. It's exactly like the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They're not going to care. They're not going to go read the book. They're just going to continue to pay for great Star Wars films and material. And that's what this is. It's a great, it's a great story. Um, it's, and without trying to, like, spoil too much of it, you know, you have um, a very uh, likable character in Darth Bane before, like, before he becomes Darth Bane. Like, he's a very likable individual, um, has a really fun backstory. And his journey to Darth Bane, Lord of the Sith, creator of the rule of two is, is just filled with fun adventures and stories. And like the Jedi are a part of it. And, uh, you can, and, and then there's also a a portion of the story to be told with no Jedi at all. So I think it has everything that you want, everything and it even and it, and when it ends there's questions <laughs> yeah. about how it yeah. ends with the hand twitch exactly
2: <laughs> so you don't
1: like yeah and that doesn't spoil that doesn't spoil enough no it doesn't no. but it, so even that part of it like so even after you do all three movies you'll have people salivating for more mm-hmm. you'll you'll have so many questions you'll have so many ways to like spin off of that like that to me, that's what they need to do. Like rather than all this junk that they're doing right now, they're just throwing stuff at the wall with Star Wars right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Like Ahsoka Tano. Come on. <laughs> come on. It was okay. Literally, she was the she was a Padawan for Darth Vader who never became a Jedi Knight.
0: Yeah. Come on. Boring. Well, I didn't like how they just, did you watch the whole thing? No, I didn't watch the whole thing yet. I don't I don't like how they just kind of threw her in another galaxy and was like, yep, you're stuck there now. You know, just kind of like, why did you do that? So I, I get what they were trying to do. What they were trying to do was uh, with Ahsoka's character in general, she was supposed to be like the Qui-Kon Jinn. She was supposed to be like the Jedi with the Jedi are supposed to be not with not what they became with all the politics mm-hmm. and and like um, the blind spots and whatnot, because they they only wanted to do this rigid, you know, as Palpatine would say, dogma, you know, uh, dogmatic, of, uh, dogmatic mm-hmm. like these things, um, wh- which is why Qui-Gon never became a master. Was because he didn't yeah. conform to the rigidity, and and that was what Ahsoka was supposed to. Their, their their story arcs parallel. Like this is what Anakin should have been if, if Qui Gon was the one that yes. was destructing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, and and then he would have never turned to the dark side, kind of thing. So that was where that's like kind of what Ahs- Ahsoka's like placeholder, and the whole thing was. Um, the problem was. The fans want to see the Jedi Order back in its glory. They want to see it's like in shambles. Always been in shambles. Continues to be in shambles. And we want that payoff. We got to see it though, huh? We got to see it in the,
1: the you know the um, the prequels.
0: Yes, but they want to they want it restored though. They want to see it back in. School. Oh, they want
1: that restored. Yeah, but
0: well, maybe not in that form, but it's like they're yeah, kind of overseeing and the well, struggle. I mean, over if people want that,
1: then they're mad at Disney because with how Disney wrote Luke in, yes. in episodes eight and nine or yeah. eight, that's not
0: happening. <laughs> he literally burned it down. <laughs> well, they recycled the formula. That was a big problem. You know what I mean? They they recycled the 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 the, oh, the Jedi are still struggling to rebuild. No, they should have been rebuilding. We should have seen four or five like like um, temples, temples, Jedi's running around trying and, to and help. that's and so and that was where I thought that Disney made a huge mistake
1: was that like they had they went through and they selected um, old legacy stories and made them canon. So it wasn't like they didn't go through. It wasn't like they're not aware that all that stuff exists. And they went through and they picked and chose what they wanted. And I'm like, there was so much good story built in the Star Wars Legacy Universe post-Vader that I I just can't fathom how they fucked it up so bad. <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. it. makes absolutely no sense to me that somebody had, like, someone had to have been put in charge of putting together episodes 7, 8, and 9. And, like, when you made that decision, you should have chosen somebody who cared about it. Yeah. Like, you should have, like, there was definitely, you definitely could have gotten a top-level, you know, producer, executives, whatever, that also cared about Star Wars and had some sort of knowledge. Or at least the ability to listen to people who, like, would give them, like, proper guidance. Because there's, I can't imagine that there is a fan out there that has read these legacy stories. Mm-hmm. That like seven, eight, and nine. Right. Yeah. There's no way. There's absolutely they butchered it so bad that there's no way. It's so gross. It's so gross. Because like, and what I'm talking about here is um, there are God, sixty at least novels of just post Darth Vader that are all congruent. They all built off of each other. And these are and these are aren't the same artist. There are dozens of writers that have collectively gotten together and built stories off of each other. And in those, you know, like more than 50 stories, like Han and Leia do get together. They do have a child that turns to the dark side, but they have three children and their names, none of their names are Ben. And you know why I think that is? I think it's because the name Ben comes from what Obi-Wan called himself. And that was Luke's master. Yeah. Not Leia's. Yeah. Like, Leia knew of Obi-Wan Kenobi. She didn't know him as Ben. Luke knew him as Ben. That's why Luke names his son Ben. In those extent, in those
0: stories, you know, I haven't thought about this. So I, I, so I hate Ben Solo. That, like that is the stupidest <laughs> shit in the world. So check this out. I didn't even put the connection together until you just said this right now. Um, have you watched the Obi Wan Kenobi series? Okay, so here's 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 the here's like um now I'm like I'm putting things together in my mind. Originally, when that came out, and he was Ben Solo in the seven eight nine series to me i saw it as like a cash grab like the the legacy fans are going to go oh a ben a ben's in this one and and buy tickets to go watch the movie right and that's why they chose that name you know obviously we see the results of how, how that happened but now i'm now you're mentioning it they did a little bit of retcon with that with the obi-wan series by introducing a mission where obi-wan Kenobi goes and saves princess leia Cause now she has a reason to name her kid Ben. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Thank you for
1: bringing that up. Now I'm even more irritated. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you're trying now, like you shit on you, you you took a shit on my floor, and now instead of cleaning it up, you're gonna try and fucking just like I, I don't even what what do you what you gonna like spray some Febreze on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you so yeah, that's what it is is you pissed on my couch and then you just sprayed some Febreze on it. That's that's mm-hmm. what you did Disney. Thanks. Yeah. Like he was so, yeah. retcon- He was trying to save that. I thought think, process. thank you for putting that in there. That's like yeah, that's terrible. That's so bad. Um I man, thank
0: you. That's horrible. Um you know what's funny? God, that's horrible. Here, I, I He miss- wasn't any, but he wasn't Ben. No. I know, but ben. at some point she made the connection that Ben and, and this is a better that's name a, than Obi-Wan. Such a stretch, but it's such a good one. Yeah, yeah, like, I yeah, yeah. I love it. Um by the way, the coffee we're drinking right now is um Death Wish. It's just I've been word. having that. I like it. Yeah. yeah, so if you feel like your brain's firing on more cylinders, yeah. it's because we're on this Bu- Death Wish buzzy. Cra- Yeah.
1: Like, yeah, <laughs> you definitely feel a little buzzy after Death Wish
2: coffee. Yeah. Sure. And,
0: and usually once I have, like I finish my, my Death Wish, and if I have more caffeine later on in the day, I, I begin to shake. Yeah. Which makes it... Which sucks when you're, like, at work and you're having to do a presentation at a meeting. It comes off as nerves, but really, you're just (laughs) caffeine-hyped. You're just, like, going to warn everybody before you start Mm Listen, I'm not nervous. I'm over-caffeinated. I'm over-caffeinated today. I had a little too much (laughs) caffeine, and uh, it's causing the shakes. Causing the shakes. So, um, I thought
1: that the... uh, what. When they used the uh, yeah that's right I'm sorry when they used the character for um, when they portrayed Jason or excuse me I almost called him Jason when they portrayed um, Leia and Han's son as a you know a turning Sith lord I just oh man I was just I was so upset with how they did it because it was obvious that you went through and you saw or like you, you went through the source material of these legacy books and were like, Oh yeah, there's a good story there. And then you just, I, I didn't do it right. How did, but I don't even know how they butchered it so bad. I don't, I don't know how, because the thing is, is like, if you get to the point of the, of the source material where you come to the story of Jason solo, how do you not expand from there? And if, there was so much to do there, because like, so jason solo is the character that they they named ben solo now in the the legacy lore jason solo is the twin brother of um jaina solo who like it's it is a tragedy that her character hasn't been introduced in in star wars it, it really is she's my favorite jaina solo is my favorite jedi she is just awesome um and uh, he does turn to the dark side and there's like, and there's good stories for like before he turns to the dark side, how he turns to the dark side and after he turns to the dark side because he was Luke's son's master. So Mm. yeah. And, and so they have to, they have to fight out of that. And there's, like, and there's just, like, there's, there's so many good stories there. There's, there's such a good story there that they could have told. Like, they could have just put it together in a three-part epic, you know? Which is what they want all the time. They want their trilogy. And they could have told the story of, like, they could have set it in the future. It was perfectly, like, it was actually, like, where the novels were in time was perfectly matched up with the age That Luke, Han, and Leia all are. Mm. Which is just another reason why their fuck-up is just egregious. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was set up for you. Like, at at the time where they stopped writing the books, because Disney took over and said, no, 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 our stuff now. We make. Um, Luke was in his 60s. Uh, He's the Jedi Grandmaster. There are several Jedi temples around the, um, around the galaxy and his son Ben is traveling with him as they try and uncover what it was that led to Jason turning to the dark side. And and so there's just, there was just, there was just so much, there's so much they could do. And they just like, nah,
0: you know, I, you, and I, this might lead me to another thing, but um, they had content for days, for years. Eons. Eons. They, and, they, and and they just messed it all up. All
1: they had to do was pay for it. All they had to do was pay for it. And then just fucking put it on the screen. Yep. How yep. many How many times have we done that with books? You just pay for the rights to the book and you put it on the screen. You stay close to the source material, everybody's happy.
0: Yeah. So many, anytime we see a book fail or not be successful, is because they went away from the source material. Yes. And it's like, how come nobody that calls the shot, none of the shot callers have figured that out yet? I don't, because they don't read books. You know, because that's, that's, that's the
1: thing is because they don't read books and they don't understand what book readers are looking for. And the thing is, is like when you're reading a book, you're visualizing. The, the characters get voices in your head they they have appearances to them they have attitudes to them that they develop throughout the words that they speak and the like and the inflection that's put on onto their their speech with uh, punctuation mm-hmm. throughout the story so when these things get made into movies the people who've read the books have expectations on how it's supposed to go you don't have to wow them you just have to go that's that that that's what I thought in my brain. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> you know, when the furry first Harry Potter movie came out, mm-hmm. I was in high school and I remember like my literature teacher and, and some book readers were talking about it and they go, That's exactly how I looked at it in my head. When I saw the when I saw the movie, that's exactly what it looked like. Oh, and that's how exactly
1: how's the Harry Potter series doing?
0: Exactly. How they doing? Yeah, they got, got their own three, oh, are they, are are they doing? Okay. <laughs> yes it's exactly well? yeah weird and, and and there's a few complaints that i would have as somebody who read the books that they didn't do in the movies and i was like that was a quick fix why did they go that route and and, and it, it, so it shows that it's like it was still great overall but i still have some minor that's okay complaints. yeah that's
1: yeah. A, it's okay because usually there, there's usually a reasonable answer for stuff like that we couldn't make this happen because
0: right i'm you know talking I mean? more so like at the end of uh, at the at the the okay, so you've seen the movies, most of them now. Yeah. And then, have you read the books? No, I haven't. Okay. Read, I haven't yet. So, so with the in the movies, um Harry breaks his wand. Right in the books, Harry breaks his wand. But it was such a like a treasure to him that he held on to it even after it was broken. Like he just kept holding it, and even when he got the most powerful wand in the Wizarding world, he still had that wand, and. There's a moment in the books where, when everything's done and settled down, uh, wand repair is not supposed to be possible. But he uses the that most powerful wand to repair his wand, and it works. And they left that moment out of the movies. And I was just like, why didn't he repair his wand before he got rid of the wand? Like, why didn't he just do that? Like... It's such an easy like it wouldn't have took up a bunch of screen time to do it. That's a good and, question. And that, that would have been a big payoff.
1: And see, that's why you go to Comic Con, and, so and ask can, those questions. So you can ask that question in front of thousands of people. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to go to Comic Con. <laughs> that's why you go. Yeah, that, like for me, that's like I know that that's probably not why a lot of people go, but that's why I would go is because like you go to these panels and you get to ask them, you know, questions. You get to, like, I went to a, a panel that was um, Sean Schemmel. And uh, I always forget the guy that does uh, Vegeta's voice, um, mm. but it was both of them. It was the guy who did uh, Vegeta's voice in Japanese, uh, who's been doing it for 40 years. And uh, um, the guy who does it in English, uh, say Sabath or Chris Sabbath. I don't know. I think, I think that's guy. his name. Anyway, um, <clears throat> and that was fun. That was that was a lot of fun because, like, you know, uh, Goku is um, he's the consummate hero. You know, he's the. Uh, that guy that, like, probably, like, uh, probably every guy wishes they could be, you know, if it wasn't for all the, the worldly problems that we have to navigate, right? Mm-hmm. And then you meet the person who does his voice, you know, in person, and he's just like, how would I describe Sean Schimmel? He's like, um, he's like that, he's really funny. In doses, type of person to hang out with, but doesn't ever turn it off. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like loud personality. Yeah, has a, has a sense of humor that's really good, but is just like on too much. Robin Williams is that? Yeah, yes. Jim Carrey has that. He has that kind of energy. Well, not being Jim Carrey or Robin Williams. Right, right. right. But so, they but, never turn it off. Right. They never but, turn that off. But it was, that. I was like, oh, he, he's probably really cool to hang out with. So, like, it's, so that, that's, that's cool. That part, that part of it is fun. But yeah, that would be a really good question to ask the people who are in charge of Star Wars. Did, did you, know you get to him? ask a question? Huh? Uh, I don't remember if I did or not. I, I don't think that I did. I don't Because I don't recall having any like important questions about Dragon Ball Z. And most people were – at. it was like right as they were leading into Super – so, most people were, were asking them questions about super and stuff like that. Mm.
0: So, yeah, so that, that's a question that I'd, I would like answered. So, if anybody knows any Harry Potter, why didn't he, he
1: fix his wand? Why didn't he fix his wand? What the hell? We want to know. We demand. Wait, what, what's the deal with that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting because I'll, I'll bet you there's something. Uh, there's, I'll bet you because that's like one of those things that you could just do and then you, it seems like you wouldn't have to do anything else with it. But what does he do with his wand after he fixes it?
0: to use it
1: maybe they didn't want him to use it
0: maybe i mean i would love to see like an epilogue series of some kind of uh yeah i had maybe i've had this conversation with you but i know i've had it with another person and and um what do you value more prologues or epilogues epilogues me too so no, because
1: the, you get to the end of the story and you still have questions. So it's nice when things are tied up for you a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, and I, and I, and I imagine that there's probably two varying schools of thought. Cause I imagine there's plenty of people who don't want things answered for them. They'd like it to be open ended mm, you know, mm-hmm. and they would rather have more of the uh, backstory leading into it. So they yeah. can have, so they can have more things to think about projecting forward maybe. I, so I can see that line of thinking too. But for me personally, um, Unless you're going to give me another story later,
0: <laughs> I want the epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I, I I like that. I know a lot of people don't like filler, but I'm okay with I, filler. I do. Yeah. I like, I, like, little,
1: I, I like more context.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or just, you get it a lot with anime filler. And it's like, yeah, I absolutely want to see what this person would be like just in a normal situation and having all this power. Like, how would they just deal with a random person, perch snatcher or something like that? Like, yeah, I actually want to see how he would annihilate a regular person. Like, I want to see that. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? Like, that's funny. Just, Goku <laughs> versus Street Tug. Yeah. And, or, well, Goku does, or Gohan does a lot of that when he's yeah. like, like Wait, say it, we'll man. High school, and like, the and, and Krillin way. joining police force and all that stuff. Like, just. Yeah, I was, I was about that. I was like, oh, yeah. That wasn't cool to
1: have an episode of Krillin on the job.
0: <laughs> yeah, you just get like this little, this little like, like segment he, of it. But just yeah. do an
1: episode where uh, Krillin is like babysitting Gohan's son. Like, <laughs> and he's, and he's got to take him to work. Well, what's funny is those guys are always broke and they got the powder to. I knock know. Him. I, yeah. The, it, you, you know what I mean? They complain so, about money and, and they like, it's like, dude, you don't like, you literally don't need money. Like none
0: of you none of you need money at all and, and in krillin's in krillin's like case like why do you you're a regular human? why do you feel like this need to not like, Take advantage of people who aren't as powerful as you, and I don't mean it as an advantage of like you know, can Swindling just fight, people, fight, but... fighting competitions or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he had to be convinced to go into that tournament because they needed money. Like it's so seventeen or eighteen, I can't remember which one she. Seventeen is. or eighteen, Android 18, 18, 18, 18 She's like, we need Wait, the money. How like, much
1: money? You get in there and you
0: fight. Right, like why are you broke? Yeah, <laughs> you could you could win like strongman competitions, like you could do all these things. Well, bro dude I saw this thing
1: and I, I I'm thinking about it right now so I'm gonna bring it up because so maybe you know more about it than I do but there was this uh, meme um, going around and it was this uh, woman's like podcast or something like that and they're they're sitting around their microphones and it's like these five ladies and then the so that's one picture and then the bottom picture is Dragon Ball Z females and Dodoria. And cause the, cause the one girl in the, the top picture was huge. Like, and I don't know if she's like, she's really a man or I should not say really a man. She was born a man, and like,
0: uh, but I think I know who you're talking about because she's been blown up on the internet a lot. Uh, yeah, so I was,
1: so I was just curious if you knew who that was. But like, I, I anytime I'm, I'm thinking of Dragon Ball Z right now, I'm thinking of that meme because that shit was brutal. That was an, an, and hilarious. Good just, It's <laughs> like you see Bulma, Android eighteen, like. um I, and, and, like, I, I think there were two other... It wasn't Chi-Chi. I don't think Chi-Chi was there, but there were, like, two other other girls from from Dragon Ball Z, and they're all, like, thin and fit, and then Dodoria sitting sitting right now. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> they're brutal to that person. If, if you see, like, some of the the meme videos, I don't know if they call them Veeams or whatever, it'll be, like, it'll be that person talking to the host. The host will ask this person a question, and um, when they answer... They insert Jabba Voices, Jabba, Jabba Hutt's voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just like over and over again. That was in my feed. Like, I was just like, I just another host. And it just like, or something similar to oh, that. Man. Yeah, that's yeah, messed They're up. Getting dis- they were uh, getting destroyed on the internet for a while. The there. internet's brutal, dude.
1: <clears throat> the internet's brutal.
0: You know, oh. it, it's brutal. And then, but the, sometimes they just think of stuff and you just, you know, you just see things, comments like there's well, so I have, many. I have comments. no idea
1: who this person is,
0: right? But I died laughing when I saw
1: it because <laughs> it was just it, it was so good. It was like she's wearing like this, like like cause she's like a got to be like three hundred and fifty pounds, you know, and looks like she's like six five or something like mm. that, and wearing like a, a tiny pink tube tops like it's it is struggling to to be covering her mm-hmm. type thing so it was just like it, it was and Dori is a pink character so it's just like it's it was too good it's just too good
0: there's um, a lot of people that just kind of walk into that stuff right mm-hmm. like you just, that's what i was gonna yeah. say too
1: is i think there's a lot of people who open themselves up for that stuff and so like i like what i like to say now is i have i have empathy for people but no sympathy
0: <laughs> i seen this one where like this lady was like interviewing um men or maybe she was just having a conversation with one of them and he was doing something he was just kind of like vibing and she says to him like oh you look strong you look like you can lift me up and he's like i ain't that strong like you just like man you just threw yourself out there like that and he just replied and just, i ain't that strong he's like i ain't that strong man. He just <laughs> And it's just a one-liner, like, just off the top of his head, just kind of rattled that out, you know, and it's just, people will be walking into these <sighs> kinds of things. <clears throat> so what do you think, man? you think we should wrap this up?
1: That's actually what I am thinking. We're closing in on 1130, so I'll have some time to get home and get in front of the television and watch some, some good football, hopefully. Um, yeah, dude. Um, I'd be more excited if the Cowboys were still playing, but yeah, same. it's been some good football. The Rams are still good. playing. I'd be
0: right, right. Still
1: it. I'd be really excited if the Rams were still playing. You know, that would. I've uh, been excited have the if for the Green Bay pulled the win. I would have been excited like. if the Rams. Well, if the Rams were still playing, then the cow and the Cowboys were were still playing. The Cowboys would literally be playing for a chance to host the NFC Championship game. So I would be ecstatic. But
2: uh, <clears throat> and now we got to go
1: watch
0: Detroit. Uh, like only people who care about that game is Detroit Eminem. Yeah,
1: so what? <laughs> he's been all over the internet. It's been pretty funny. Yeah, that's actually pretty fun. He's,
0: Eminem, like, he just he's been like owning it, man. Like he was know, doing Fortnite concerts and stuff. It's dude, hilarious. He, on, he is uh
1: it's it's really funny to me. But I'd like to hear an argument from somebody who knows as to why
0: he's not the greatest rapper of all time. Yeah. Cause I think he is. I, I have argued with people about that and I have to back off and be like, you know, I don't, I'm not like intertwined in the circles. As, as, I just have a, my opinion yeah, based on as, what I
1: hear. And the thing is, is like every time I hear him speak, he says something that's the, every time like he's always got something to say and he's very he's so articulate like and his like his timing is perfect and like he just like the way he makes he makes sentences come together that you like you wouldn't put together his ability to make them sound good and like say something at the same time i who else is like him yeah. like Kendrick Kendrick's pretty good but I don't know yeah if you, i like Kendrick Lamar but he's, but he's, even him, I think he's a step down in terms of like what you're actually getting while listening to him. And, and that's the thing is like Kendrick Lamar might have like the best sound and him and maybe Lil Wayne. And there's some guys from the nineties, like, you know, Dr. Dre and, and Snoop Dogg. But, um, in terms of like longevity and stuff like that, cause you could listen yeah. to an album from, uh, you, like he's actually, he's. Most of these guys, they peak early, and then they just kind of ride the coattails of that early success mm-hmm. for a while and then fade off. Yeah. And if you listen to, like, his, the album that made him famous, like, uh, the Slim Shady album, you know, Slim Shady LP, I think is what it's called. Hi, my name is, mm-hmm. like, he's better today than he was then. Yeah. Yeah and like you listen to his out like you listen to like his first two or three albums and then skip 15 years and listen to his album from like 2016 or 2018 or whatever it was and it's like damn like he is still bringing it like hard like it's like it's clear that this guy isn't making music to make his money like he already did that now when he comes to make music he's trying
0: to tell you something while entertaining you so and i i think okay so I'm not really a music person, so let's just kind of throw that out there. But like with, I'm same. I'm a little educated in music, but I'm not a music like enthusiast.
3: Yes, it's like it's yeah. not.
0: It doesn't drive my life. So so with with the whole rap thing, um when I did listen to Eminem and what I've noticed from hearing Eminem and then other people play, oh this song's this song's listen to this one, listen to that one, and I'm just like, okay, like <laughs> I, you're, you're not getting nothing from me. I'm not getting a reaction. And the thing about Eminem. <clears throat> was he was always like his hits were always um, getting a resonating and emotional response. Mm-hmm. So whether you're laughing or like in the case of I am like you're, you're where you're just having a bad day. And or you're, you're, mad. you're mad. I was going to say whatever, whatever. Like, yes, he could. He has an ability to touch people
1: in a real everyday way. Yeah. Like this story that I just
0: told, you know what I'm talking about because it happened to you, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and so when you play that and then you hear it, like if you're having a bad day, because from the example of I am the premise of that song and somebody can correct me, I might be wrong, is he's just tired of people painting a picture of who he is. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and so well, that happens to everybody. That was when work. he was going through it with the media. And he was yeah. That was when he was fighting with the media and stuff but, like that. And he was but just, the premise is people are painting a picture of who yeah, I am. Yeah. And yeah. and and coming from a uh, environment or environments, you know, of every day you go to work and there's always those people who want to tarnish your name and say bad things about you. And they're called haters. And if if it gets in the way of something, it could cr- create all this hate energy, and you throw that song on it actually helps release some of that energy and get you kind of back to balance. It's like, Oh yeah. Right.
1: Everybody deals with this.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, and and in that way, you know, he has songs that does that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these other rappers, I don't think they do, or if they do, they do it in a different way. Right. And that's why I said
1: Kendrick, because uh, like if you, when you listen to Kendrick Lamar, you can, um, you can feel him, uh, like you can feel where he came from in, in his music, like the way his lines come across. It's like very serious sometimes, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and they're just, and he's so descriptive with like, I always think of like, there's a, that line. It's like, I remember Graham allowances and, um, but it's, it's like, I think it's, I think he says, he might say jelly sandwiches, but I, I don't even think it was jelly. I think it was like honey sandwiches and gram allowances. And what he's talking about is like, <clears throat> you know, making sure that he didn't spend too much money on pot and food. And, mm. it's, and so like, and so you don't, and you don't hear a lot of like, <clears throat> you hear a lot of these, like these rappers that get successful and stuff like that and pop off or whatever. And they're talking about things they don't even have,
0: you know? What, yeah. they're,
1: they're talking about they're rapping about lifestyles they don't even
0: live yet you know right yeah and i think, <laughs> I think with eminem he just like <sighs> held and on he, and, to and i don't feel like he, ever, he
1: never did that either and no. that's that's something he never did was start rapping about cars and girls and money and this and that and the other it was always 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 something real mm-hmm. yeah or funny like or funny. He, or funny like he would be funny about stuff His his music videos still like I remember I still remember it was uh, I think it was Without Me. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. The the superheroes and stuff like that. Him and Dre in superhero costumes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. His shit was fun. But yeah. Anyway, to to bring us home, you know, we uh, so our picks for the weekend. I had I had the Texans winning yesterday. Um, So did Brian. Yeah. Uh, So Ray is getting back on the board. Ray had a rough wild, wild card weekend, if I remember correctly, but, uh, he's having a good start to this one. And then, uh, we've got the lions winning today and the bills. And I don't think there was actually, I I think most of the fantasy stuff is pretty chalk. There's not really anything like special to say that like people should know about other like, other than I think the, the lions are missing Khalif Raymond. And the Buccaneers have not had
0: a chance to play against Jameer Gibbs yet. So I, I did pick the Chiefs defense. I wonder if I should have picked the Buffalo defense.
1: Uh that's a is that a decision you could have made? I have four hundred dollars left on the Oh yeah. Though. Then I would definitely play Let the Bills assume. over the Chiefs. I that. would do that. Um oh and I while well, so to end this off, I actually did put together a lineup for Sunday only for you guys. And oh yeah. We'll read that off now. At quarterback, I've got Baker Mayfield at 6,000. I've got Jameer Gibbs at 6,600. Uh, Rashad White at 6,500. Chris Godwin at 6,300. Uh, to get to make sure I could get Rishi Rice into the lineup, I went with Godwin over um, uh, Mike Evans. That, that was how it, that was the reason that I did that is because I feel like the combination of Reishi Rice and Chris Godwin is going to be better than the combination of Mike Evans and whatever else you can throw together because you didn't get Reishi Rice uh, at 8,200. Obviously you can't play today's slate without a St. Brown. He's got to be the, the player that's in just everybody's lineups and he, and he should be. So it's like a free square. Just play it mm-hmm. uh, at tight end for the near the stone minimum. Actually, I forget the tight ends are, can be 25. I've got Dawson Knox, uh, um, I think it's um, I think one of those bills tight ends is going to score today, and it's a coin flip as to which one it is, because mm. Josh likes both of them when they get down there. Um, Diggs has not been scoring. Stefan Diggs has been like completely uninvolved in their offense in the important portions of the game. So that's something like, um, stay away from, I, like, and I'm going to be totally wrong. He's going to score like three touchdowns today, <laughs> but I would stay away from Stefan Diggs Cause I, that's happened to me a couple of times in the, in the last couple of weeks. So I've been like, stay away from this guy. And then he goes off. So <clears throat> I, who was it last week? I was, I was off of somebody. um, I, I was fa- I was fa- There was definitely somebody I was fading last week that uh, ended up. Oh, it was Musgrave. I, I told everybody I was gonna I was gonna play Tucker Craft over Luke Musgrave, the, the the Green Bay tight ends, and then Musgrave gets the, the forty yard walk in touchdown on the blown coverage, and it's like and, and it's not something you can necessarily predict, but it makes me look really dumb.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, if something like that doesn't happen today, then I think Stefan Diggs is gonna have another down day
0: unfortunately we can't base our information or picks on stuff that might pop off right you can't be like oh he has had three games of no production and yeah, the fourth yeah. game is going to be productive like, right yeah. and and on that
1: note like i would real quick while nobody's listening like to apologize <laughs> for uh st- steering people away from Devonte adams in week 17
2: yeah. uh
1: he uh
0: all our subscribers are unsubscribed.
1: Yeah, right, right now. They're all gone. He, um, <laughs> I don't know if they did or not. Uh, we actually had a lot of people that day on week 17 hit us up, and Brian and I were both off of Devontae Adams. And what happened in that scenario is that we got Mike Evans again. Like, if you remember last year, Mike Evans was just like falling apart as the season went along, and was just like he had gotten to a point where you couldn't start him. And then in week 17, scores three touchdowns and has almost 200 yards receiving and scores like 48 fantasy points and is the reason Brian was our champion because Brian's opponent left him on the bench. And, and so that was in, in last year, that was a thing a lot of people did was like, you have this receiver that went in the first two rounds of most drafts. And then in week 17, he's, he's playing so bad that you can't start him anymore and then he has, the that best, breakout. he has the best game of anybody all year long and makes everybody look stupid. And that's what Devontae Adams did to us this year was he had like Devontae and the situation that he was in. And that's the other thing is like Mike Evans at least had Tom Brady throwing him the ball. Mm-hmm. So uh, you could at least lean on that. Devontae had Aiden O'Connell who literally had 13 passing yards in the fourth quarter of the previous two games combined. So while I apologize for leading people away from Devontae Adams. I would do it again.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so there you go. Stefan Diggs. Um, wouldn't play him in a, in a single tournament today, but he's going to score three touchdowns probably because I said that. And, uh, you know, thanks for being with us, guys. We love you.
0: Yeah, see you next time. Championship week.